ruthless aggression. I forgot to tell you. Yeah. I lied! Don't make fun of me! Welcome everyone to the Ruthless Aggression, Aggression podcast. podcast. I am Levi, joined as uh, always by. How's it going, everybody? Thanks for checking out Survivor Series 02. It's definitely a fun one, a long one. It's a beast. It was like uh, over three hours. So, yeah, it was a beast. And uh, and here we are, rocking and rolling with Armageddon 2010. <clears throat> I gotta tell you, like, if you thought the last pay-per-view was a wild ride, you ain't seen nothing yet. Just All kidding. I have to say is, uh, ain't no stopping me now. <laughs> I like that song. I don't know why. <sighs> I don't know. I've already told the story of my, my answering machine, right? Uh, I think so. I don't remember. Okay. Uh... Just tell it. Just tell it. I don't want to repeat my... We should just write down all the stories we tell. That way we can... Hey, Kyle, did I ever tell you about the time I met Jamie Noble in the gas station? Yeah, the time I saw the Katie Vick video live. (laughs) (laughs) No, for some reason I thought it would be funny as a kid. Like, I liked Shelton Benjamin and... Oh, I wasn't a kid. I was like a teenager. I liked Shelton Benjamin and uh, I liked his theme. And so I was like, I don't be funny to, like, put his theme on my answering machine. And so it literally just played the beginning of his theme and then I went like... No stopping me, no! Leave a message or something like that. That was it. It wasn't even funny looking back. I was stupid. I remember when I was a, a kid and uh, my sister does like this monster voice. She goes like, Roar! <laughs> She says, You've reached the home of the sexy beast. Uh, I'm not doing it any kind of justice, but uh, uh, yeah, lots of important people called the house and. Uh, it wasn't always a good look, but it was funny. We thought it was hilarious. So. That's funny. <laughs> there you I, go. I remember um, as a kid, there was this answering machine. Like it was an ad for answering machine, like outgoing messages. Like you could buy like a tape and record them, and you have funny outgoing messages. Um, 
I don't remember one of them was like a rap. I always remember it as a kid. It was something like, uh, didn't pick up the phone because there's no one at home. I can't pick up the phone. Or something like that. It was so stupid. Oh my gosh, that reminds me. Um, like when ringtones are becoming a thing. Uh-huh. I, I'll never forget. We were riding on the bus to school and, uh, they said, uh, hey, you remember how ringtones were like, well, now, what if it was this? And it's like, pick up your phone, mother love, pick up the phone. And all the kids in the back were just like, ah, it's like <laughs> losing their minds that ringtones now uh, were, were songs. Uh-huh. And now fast forward to 2019 and uh, anyone with Verizon, <laughs> all they uh, care to have is, no, 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 no. I know, right? <laughs> It's like an orchestra. I remember that. Like even like even before then, I remember with um, polyphonic ringtones, people would always like there always be like these dads who'd be like, "Hey, do you like my ringtone?" And it would be like Popeye theme, like. <laughs> and it's like, ain't that cool? I bought that for a dollar. And then now everybody's just like, "Oh, stock iPhone ringtone? That's for me," you know. It's like weird flex, but okay. Hey, here's uh, Jeff Dunham telling a joke. That's my ringtone. Get ready to hear it all day here at the Thanksgiving get-together. Jeez, oh, no. Get out of here. I kill you. It's funny how it says that, ain't it? <laughs> Excuse my mild racism, you know. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I say it because uh, that, that that was that's my folks, my family. We thought that guy was so funny. Jeff Dunham, get out of here. But anyway, uh, welcome to Jeff Dunham Cast. Uh, we're going to be talking about a peanut. <laughs> He's my favorite. You know, it's, fu- it's not offensive because he, he said he ain't Muslim, so I can laugh at him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay, well, uh, all, all ringtones aside. Uh, hey, Levi, it- Levi, silence. I kill you. <laughs> That's not funny. I know that's, that's not that's... funny. <laughs> <laughs> no, I get what you're doing, but the the big point is it is not funny. And uh, the end is near for this bit to be over. <laughs> yeah, welcome to a stupid old ringtone cast. Apparently, your Armageddon day has arrived. <laughs> Great tribulation as the world has never known. The sun shall be darkened. The moon shed her light. Men will seek death. But be unable to find it. In the awesome battle of Armageddon. The end is here. You came to me. In a dream last night You were standing In a brilliant light One minute here But the next you were gone I thought you could stay so wrong 
you by lugs here we are the end of the year pay-per-view the one that was probably forgotten about until two weeks up to it yep. oh shoot we got one more pay-per-view it's armageddon 2002 yeah I, that's like the feel like it is the pay-per-view is i i'll say it's enjoyable like you know just something to watch but if i paid 60 dollars for it i'd be like huh. i mean it's not gonna be 60 dollars, but you know what i mean <laughs> if i paid money Tonight we are brought to you by Lugs. Yep. Good old, good old Lugs shoes. Lugs, Lugs, Lugs. It's called uh, Lugs are for thugs. That sounds like something like a grandma would say. Oh my gosh, it does. <laughs> that sounds like it. And you're just like, are you saying that just because the name or because you're mildly racist? Are you, <laughs> are you assuming things about Lugs audience members? Oh, so we're here in Fort Lauderdale, or more accurately, Sunrise, Florida. Sunrise, Florida. Here on the December 15th, 2002, at the Office Depot Center, now known as the BB&T Center. Yeah, I had to look that up. I was like, there's no way that place is still the Office Depot Center. The capacity of this building is 20,000 at its at its most. Yeah, or 50,000, according to WWE. So how much did Armageddon fill this building up? I'm going to guess... Um so much that they they had to turn people away at the door who paid for tickets they're like we sold too many go home we can't house 100,000 people here <laughs> they were just giving them away for free you know that was exclusive exclusive Armageddon pay-per-view only the only the finest only the finest invited into this building no commoners allowed unless uh, no. you're at the world oh yeah they uh, they got a little shot of them too uh, last month's Survivor Series drew 17,930 into the building. Yeah. One one measly month later here at Armageddon, we have 9,000 Ouch. Man. A huge yeah. dip. Freaking 9,000 people apparently just sitting on their damn hands because this, this crowd sucked. <laughs> Spoiler alert, everybody. The crowd in this thing was terrible. Indeed it was. Um, I guess like they believed the opening package that the end was near, and so they're all just like sitting there contemplating their lives, just scared that they're going to die. <laughs> I was in this weird mental state of transitioning, but also like, what did you just say? Yeah, I was about to say, you kind of like, like hit you like, oh, what? My <gasps> <gasps> Tim Allen. So we started the show hey, with did the I, no- hey, we ever tell the story about Levi meeting Tim Allen at a gas station? I know. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, uh, to infinity. You were like, hi, Tim Allen. And he looked at you and went, <laughs> 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 Yeah, and uh, Jonathan Taylor Thomas was there too. Unrelated, though. Uh, but he was there. But we started the show with an opening package of crap. 
Crassy. Uh, we start classy, to... classy yeah. Freddie Blassie. Mm-hmm. We start the show. See, with... I I knew that. I'm smart. I know all the wrestling. Levi didn't t- tell me to assure me that I was right before. That's right. I'm, I'm, a, d- I'm, a, d- I'm a dumb man. You're big stupid dummy. <laughs> anyway, we start. <laughs> We started the show with an opening package from Classy Freddy Blassie, which was pretty much a staple in the Attitude Era. Yeah, this is like the darkest, uh, most like, I want to say like creepiest opening they've done. It's like everybody is going to die. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if I can be a little transparent for a moment, when I was a kid, you know, my grandparents were super Pentecostal, uh, super religious. And, um, and, you know, I myself am an ordained minister now. Fun fact for you listeners. But um, there were a lot of aspects of Christianity I didn't grasp as a kid. And so uh, when I heard the word Armageddon, uh, all I could remember was, like, my grandfather in church, like, preaching. And just with a lot of, with a lot of vigor, hellfire and brimstone. And I'm just like, oh, this is scary. And so somewhere... <clears throat> between that and having that like general understanding of what Armageddon means, uh, I was almost like afraid to like watch if you think <laughs> related to the pay per view. It's it's kind of like superstitious in a way. That's funny. It's so like, I'm oh just, no, if I watch this, I'll unleash Armageddon. <laughs> like for real, distinctly, I remember Arm- Armageddon 2003. I'm just like, oh no, like like a battle is going on right now. I can't watch watch pay-per-views. At least Armageddon in 2003. The next night on Raw, I realized everything was fine. Well, it wasn't actually Armageddon, but still. (laughs) Vince McMahon is just sitting there with like a big Armageddon button, like maybe this year. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, so just as a kid, when as a kid, I was like, "Oh man, WWE Armageddon." Well, I won't see it because I'm too poor for (laughs) pay-per-views. Pretty much. That was my story. <laughs> Man, this, it, it just, the whole build and everything for this just came and went. But um, in the package, uh, we have Freddie Blassie and this kid. Yeah, this little, and they're little just, boy. And they're quoting scripture, the Battle of Armageddon, this, that, and the other. It's very ominous. And we see, like, stock footage of missiles and war and famine mixed with the big show (laughs) (laughs) and uh kurt angle literally uh, i had this on last night and stephanie was just laughing her head off just at like the switches between the two (laughs) it's like what is this yeah yeah i i had to show i had to show crystal last night too (laughs) i was like you have to watch this because uh you know it's like it's showing all this footage it's like you know the wrestlers like and being angry with all this like footage just like nuclear blasts and like bomb testing and like buildings being destroyed and it's all like dark and fire and they're playing that song that and like it's like you're gonna die Armageddon. <laughs> <laughs> and then it cuts to like the you know of the era thing they'd always do the and now wwe and lux presents and uh <laughs> it's like this crappy early 2000s <laughs> stock like cg footage of like these little like ps1 graphic video game helicopters flying over like ps1 looking blown up city 
and like they fire missiles and then it cuts to them they're just chasing some robot holding a sword <laughs> for no reason like it would have been fine but all of a sudden it cuts and it just shows that they're just chasing some robot with a big medieval sword and there is no context and then it shows the logo the end that's the opening to Armageddon <sighs> Championship Fatal Four Way Elimination Match between Booker T and Gold Dust. The recently reformed Dudley Boys. Oh. William Regal and Lance Storm. Mm. <laughs> and the champions Chris Jericho and Christian. So how did we get here? I don't know, Levi. I I'm assuming you're gonna tell me. No. I'm asking. Oh, okay. I don't know. <laughs> They just got pissed off at each other, and they want belts. <laughs> <laughs> so, Chris Jericho and Christian have been highly annoying to the tag division of Raw. They have cheated in all of their matches, and everyone is frustrated with them. So, a couple weeks back on Raw, uh, the Dudley Boys had a championship match against them, to which, of course, they cheated to win, to retain. So, the Dudley Boys decide to get one over on the tag team champions yeah you you may or may not remember this but the Dudley boys sneak into the locker room Ooh. while they're showering <laughs> you make it sound so sexy because <laughs> then they turn and they catch uh, Don Marie and Al Wilson at it again and they're like oh my get, gosh. Out, get out of here and Al Wilson's like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm on the wrong show. Oops, ain't I Oops. funny? Lol, XD. But no, they um, they take their bags, so all they have are the towels around their bodies. So they pretty much spend the rest of Raw trying to uh, get some clothing. They run into three-minute warning, and they're like, who would wear this crap? And um, they're like, you got three seconds to get the heck out of here. I thought it was three minutes, though. <laughs> uh, so, anyway, they see the Dudley boys in the ring, and they're just like, hey, who wants some free clothes? Who wants this ugly shirt? And just tossing everything into the audience. And uh, they're like, hey, Christian and Chris Jericho. Like, they're out on the stage at this point. He's like, you can take the titles away from us, but we're going to take your dignity. And Spike is, like, behind them. And he says, Spike, get the towels! And takes their towels off, and they run away all naked. And it, like, it shows full frontal nudity, like dong swinging everywhere. Like It was controversial. Well, I will say, fun fact for you, I was listening to Talk is Jericho a couple years ago, and they had Christian on there, and they recalled this story. And Vince was like, similar to Edge and Lita's uh, sex celebration, where he's like, no, you gotta actually be naked. Um, Otherwise, I can't get off to it. And I think about it. <laughs> it, it's a it's a similar situation. Like Vince, we can't go out there like naked. We we just can't. And uh, people will see our 
weird wieners. <laughs> uh, and so they compromise as like a flesh-colored thong or something. But uh, <laughs> highly entertaining segment. <clears throat> so that explains the Dudleys in this match. Um, William Regal and Lance Storm have been on a tear. They have Their storylines have pretty much been not involved with any of these guys. But they have been on a seven win seven match win streak uh, on raw but who have they beaten they have beaten tommy dreamer and jeff hardy mm. uh two guys who aren't doing much at all except losing to william regal and lance storm but the more interesting factor here is booker t and gold dust are having a bit of a rough time mm-hmm. and uh a week prior to this pay-per-view, Goldust, he said, uh, after losing a match uh, on Raw, he was like, I'm going to go straight to Eric Bischoff's office and I'm going to ask to uh, get out of the match because, Booker, you don't deserve this. I'm costing you all the matches. And so later on, we uh, get a cut backstage to Goldust outside his office and Booker T's like, so that's how it is, man. Because after all we've been through, that's what you're going to do. And he assures him that he's not the weak link and that they can do it together. So will they do it together? Yeah, buddy. We're about to find out. So, as aforementioned, that's how we got here. Kind of a weird build, but uh, like I said, that's kind of the theme for tonight. It gets you from point A to point B. Oh, I guess it's worth noting that uh, Jeff Hardy beat D'Lo Brown in the dark match. Oh man, you're looking at the real deal now. <laughs> so I assume he'd say. So it's worth noting uh, that the Dudley Boys have a new theme song, which is Bombshell by Power Man 5000. But since we're both watching the network version, we don't get to hear yeah, it. Yeah, I was about to say, I didn't remember hearing that. No, right. <laughs> I like that song. You know they uh, were gonna use that uh, song. What was that one kid that um, had like the one leg? Zach Gowan. Zach Gowan. They're gonna reuse that theme for Zach Gowan, but they're gonna make it. We're like a family here. We're just a little disabled. Is that what? Is that what it says? No, I thought it said unstable. <laughs> oh gosh, I've been hearing it wrong all this time. <laughs> maybe we should. Maybe we should look into this because now I'm, you're confusing me. All right, look, look up the lyrics and let me know. So yeah, they have that theme song, and that's actually kind of the theme. Later on, we'll talk about Victoria's new theme, but uh, at least they kind of gave it, like, you know, a close edit. They just use the old Dudley Boys theme for this. I'm just like, boo! Boo! Actually... uh, That's honestly my favorite Dudley Boy theme, right there. What, the Power Man 5000? Or, like, a family Yeah. I mean, they could have even used the the TNA one where it's like get up, get up, get up, na 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 Get up, get up, get up, drop the bombshell. Yeah, yeah, it is just disabled. I always thought it was unstable because it makes more sense. It's kind of so it is disabled. Yeah, it's just kind of weird. that It's like what like a family here, which is a little disabled. Like when I think of that, I think of dudes in wheelchairs and stuff. I think unstable makes more sense because they're like, yeah, we're crazy. We're crashing through tables and stuff. Whatever. Okay, keep, keep the same idea. Yeah. Just make them Zach Dudley. 
There you go. He comes out. Uh, he would fit in, honestly. They don't give him a spare leg, though, to make him like more hardcore. If you're going to be a Dudley, you're going to work for it. <laughs> oh, man. So this match is really hard to keep up with. I will say that right now. We start with Bubba and Lance, to which Bubba busts out a really funny line. Die, Canadian scum! That was, that was lol XD material. I laughed at that. <laughs> I'm just like, but like, still, you know, we're we're off like it. Uh, the Un-Americans, right? And it's just like USA versus Canada. It's like, what's what's the beef? There is no beef between these two entities. It's it's just like we are not from America, therefore we just don't like you. Just funny because I figured it'd be the other way. You know what I'm saying, folks? <laughs> <laughs> it's like they they've made this like whole story, but like. You know, I can't remember a time where Canada was like, we are evil. We will take out the USA. That's because that is... they're not from the USA, so that makes them by default evil. Yeah, That's how yeah. wrestling works. I blame Bret Hart, the first Canadian to ever hate America. That's why, that's why I really can't get into wrestling outside the U.S. I tried watching Japanese wrestling, but everybody was like, we are evil! <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, it's it's so fast paced. We get Jericho in, we get Devon in. Everyone's just coming in and out like a revolving door to the point where I'm taking notes and I can't keep up. I have to pause like every two seconds to make sure I get the right thing written down. But um, but ultimately, um, I like the spot where Bubba and Goldust they do the double like dusty elbow spot and they yeah. do like a little little butt bump to each other. A little big booty bump. And then, in true dusty fashion, you have William Regal and Lance Storm come in. And Dusty Rhodes used to do this thing where he's like, "You gonna come to me, baby," meaning uh, instead of him going to hit his elbow on your head, you would come to him and he would just hit you. Is <laughs> <laughs> it you gonna come right to me, baby? <laughs> oh man! So that was fun. I like the spot where Goldust and Booker T. They distract the refs while the Dudleys are going to do the what's up on uh, Christian. Is that what that move's called? I never know what to call that. It's like Devon Devon puts his head in someone's crotch. It's just a ball smasher. Just call it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But I I, I loved how the faces worked together to kind of get that move in. Uh, so then everyone comes in, and it's a huge brawl. That's when Devon is told to get the tables. Christian gets hit with a 3D, but Regal blind tags in and pins Bubba Ray, and I guess this was a botch. Like, he's got the tights. They're just kind of wiggling around on the ground. And he gets the three, but Nick Patrick calls it a two. Yeah, I, I noticed that. That was a very awkward moment. I assume, yeah, he just botched it, and they were just like, let's fix it, dude. Who cares? It's all fake. See? <laughs> <laughs> he, he starts, like, smashing them in the balls, and he goes, wrestling's fake. <laughs> <laughs> Ronda That's Rousey me. comes out, and she's just like, they're, they're not real brothers, you know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yeah, at any rate, the Dudley boys are out. They're the first teams out. And not far behind them, uh, Goldust gets kicked by Lance Storm, but somehow ricochets his momentum into power slamming William Regal and getting the three count on them as well. So, 
Seven yeah, match well, win streak, you know, be darned. You know what they say? Wrestling's fake. <laughs> We're gonna lose our listeners. <laughs> hey, keep guys. this up, you madman. Hey, wrestlers, wrestlers not fake people are. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh my gosh. Freaking Mr. Cigarette. Kennedy. Mr. Anderson, excuse me. Mr. Anderson. I'm an a-hole. God, I thought that was so lame. I'm sorry. Like, I'll, I'll admit, I thought that was kind of funny. Like, just like, oh, he's owning up to it. Huh, that's kind of creative. But he just didn't do anything with it other than just be like, I'm an asshole. <laughs> but the main story here, I guess being Goldust is... Uh, apprehensive to be with Booker. He feels like he's holding him down. So I guess it was important to get those two teams out so that they could focus on, you know, is Goldust really about it? Is he the loser? X, Y, and Z. Goldust is cool. One thing I forgot to mention is that, you know, when Booker T's giving him, like, this hype speech, he's like, hey, who's the one that sought me out? And uh, all I could think was that you were a freak, and I was right. But you're my freak, that sort of thing. Yeah. <laughs> Like, Booker really cares for gold dust. Yeah. I mean, their dynamic is great. I mean, all through the pay-per-views, there's been the most consistent kind of, like, running narrative, but it's all been so subtle, you know? Yeah. It's like, they always give you that real, like, hot opening that makes you go like, yeah, this is going to be fun. <laughs> well, for a large portion of these pay-per-views, um, it's the Dudleys, it's Booker and gold dust. They get the, they get the crowd hype. I, I noticed there were two gals in the front row who loved Booker T. They were just hype all night. <laughs> and then, like, Booker T left, and they just, like, angrily started spitting at all the other wrestlers. Chris Jericho, he's dancing. He's doing the Jericho Juke and Jive. Patented. Which yeah. uh, I love. I hated it as a kid. Fun. I hated everything about Chris Jericho as a kid. That's highly noted on this show. Mm-hmm. No, but, that's the uh, thing, honestly. Like, he's, he's a Pokemon wrestler that I've come to appreciate as I've gotten older. Because, yeah, I could also say, when I was younger, I was like, this guy sucks. I hate him. <laughs> but, man, he's he does his part so well here. What do you think about his, like, flesh-colored tights? Little weird. Little weird. Just that's a something... teeny bit weird. <laughs> <laughs> that's something Stephanie came out with. was like, what's he, what's he wearing? And I'm just like, what are you talking about? She goes, like, oh, oh my gosh, I thought he wasn't wearing any pants. <laughs> kind of like <laughs> it's, passing it's, through. It's kind of like later on to, in the in the show, the during the women's match, the freaking Victoria is wearing, yeah, Victoria is wearing like. Some yeah, weird. she was the same thing. Yeah, and it looks like it's like that. It's not just like this weird flesh tone. It's like the material. It makes her look like she's like an upholstered couch or something. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and she still is rocking the boob window. So shout out. Yeah, why not? boob window <laughs> no much like the boob that's window a, that's like i know we're, we're, we're officially getting ahead of ourselves but i know that's something crystal was like uh just like all oh, their gross fake boobs <laughs> <laughs> so uh more on that later but um so gold dust he gets worked over he's getting worked over with chops and all these sorts of things and ultimately he's able to get the hot tag to oh, booker t yeah. so naturally booker cleans house and uh He's just getting near fall after near fall, roll ups, and uh, Jericho. He actually dodges the scissors kick and ends up putting Booker T in the walls of Jericho. Goldust is able to make the save, and Booker gets another two count with a kick. Booker hits a missile drop kick for yet another near fall. So now we're finally starting to heat up in this match. Yeah. 
Jericho misses the line salt and gets flapjacked, so Booker does the spin a I said, you know things are gonna get real. He hits the scissors kick, but Jericho gets his shoulder up. Jericho hits Booker with the tag title and then connects with a line salt, but Booker kicks out. Oh. It was amazing. No, no one ever kicks out of the title shot, it seems like. Chris Jericho goes for it again, but it's countered into the bookend. One, two, three. New tag team champions. Woo! After the match, Coach comes out and he's like, Hey guys, you did it. You did it. You won the belts, big boys. It's this whole part actually made me think of what they did with uh, Trish when she won like the women's title a few pay-per-views back. Where it was like post-match and he gave her a little interview. But uh, this one, people actually cared. Are you sure about that? What do you mean? <laughs> I don't think this crowd cared about anything. <laughs> well, I'd say they they were definitely more caring than the other one. It's not sure, like it was like sure. wild They weren't hearts. the worst. The worst no. would be uh, Lafayette. I'd say the first match to me was... The first match was the one where the crowd was more hype. Because it's impossible not to be hype when all these guys are jumping around. You know, it's like constant excitement. Oh, yeah. But a- after that, like they just all died. <laughs> I I liked the match, honestly, but I also hated it. Why'd you hate it? I felt it was a little too convoluted, and I felt they should have been more direct with the story they were telling. Yeah, I agree. I think like there there are too many. I feel like the fact that it was like a big giant multi man, like you know, I guess four way tag or whatever. Yeah. Uh, for the belt, kind of deflated, like. Booker T and Goldust victory a bit like you know hey they they won but I mean it's not like they fought one on one in a grueling match it was just kind of that's how it turned out you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. but I mean it's still feel good in the end you know Booker T his little speech was fun and it was just like yeah finally they're they get some gold that's nice well this has been a story since the podcast has begun like, yeah so with Goldust just trying to like be Booker T's friend and uh you know, just when things were looking bleak, you know, Gold Dust shows up and they win the titles. And you know, I, I guess from a kayfabe perspective, you can see that, like, hey, it's not Gold Dust's fault. Like, you know, they just keep getting cheated. Yeah. But it makes it it makes it all the more feel good that Booker mm-hmm. T he stuck it out, stuck it out for his friend, and they just went out and did the darn thing and won the titles. They believe in each other. The power of gold. So, thumbs up, thumbs down, middle, what are you thinking? Uh, I, I'd say thumbs up. Um, not like oh. a big, like, wow, thumbs up, but yeah, still. I mean, like, it ha- like it started out, I mean, I won't say the match is bad by any means, but it really didn't start becoming, like, great until kind of like the third act, you know, <laughs> the last bit between, like, Booker and all that. Right. Other than that, it was fine. I would say, um... It was thumbs down once I saw Bubba Ray Dudley's panties, but um, uh, once they got out of the way, the feel-good moment with gold dust and everything, uh, thumbs up for me. Uh, leaning towards the middle? Yeah, I'd say, I'd it say was... it's it's just a thumbs up, just because the end was really well done. Yeah, it's just a little too convoluted for my taste. Oh, yeah. uh, William Regal and Lance Storm did not need to be there. No, um, they didn't. They were, it just they it were, just feels weird that they're there because it's like, why do we hate them? They were minimal. Other than, if, other than them just being kind of like, like, we're bad, teehee. Yeah, they were just minimally at, at like, most. Um, 
a part of this story. And, you know, there's not much of a story to be there. Just lots of factors and aspects that got us this match. But, yeah, so that's what I, that's what I think. You want to fight me about it? So we cut backstage to Josh Matthews interviewing Brock Lesnar. Now, Brock Lesnar's been a bit of a bad boy. Oh, yeah. He's been a bad, bad man. <laughs> we'll get to rapping Cena later. Oh, my gosh. That was, that was, that was something else. <laughs> he interviews Brock Lesnar, and he asks if he's going to be in Kurt Angle's corner. You know, the underlying theme of the night. And uh, Brock doesn't answer. So it's going to be a big mystery. He doesn't answer, and so Josh Matthews goes, huh, what's the matter? Uh, you, you, you stupid? <laughs> and starts, like, egging him on, and then uh, Brock just decks him, and, like, caves his face, and he had to get surgery. Then he says, uh, EC3, climbing the ladder <laughs> in Impact Wrestling. I, I can't. It's all a monster well, does what he, it That's best. what he says. He's like, uh, whatever I do, I plan to make it Impact or something like that. And I was like, oh. <gasps> and the next. Uh, hey, next... Brock, screw you, dude. You know I was a runner-up on Tough Enough? You don't want none of this, boy. You don't want none of this. He oh, shows boy. up. He shows it on oh, TNA looking, Impact. Looking head. I see you. What if then TNA just, like, sold off? possessed by The Undertaker. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I, I just, I got to say that because it's it's in our theme song. We have that clip of uh, The Undertaker saying, Enjoying the ride, Randy. Eh. Uh, as Josh Matthews. So, there you go. Shout out to the theme song of the Ruthless Aggression Podcast. Believe in what your heart is saying. Hear the melody that's playing. There's no time to waste. There's so much to celebrate. And give your dreams the wings to fly You have everything you need If you just believe So up next we have A-Train versus Edge The artist formerly known as Albert Nah dude, A-Train all the way I'm glad Dude, A-Train, like He's going for gold. He, he he's going to beat Big Show at WrestleMania for the gold. No, <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Uh, I was very unimpressed by A Train as a kid. Yeah, I I saw no redeeming qualities of him whatsoever. Thought he was lame. Thought he was bland. This that and the other. Seeing him as an adult, I like him. Yeah, he's he's one of those kind of guilty pleasure wrestlers. Like I, <laughs> that sounds weird, pleasure, but uh. <laughs> Freaking, um, dude, what's his name in, in real life? I couldn't think of it when I was trying to think of it earlier. Matt Bloom. Matt Bloom. I think the guy, like, as a human being and everything, like, he's fantastic. And, like, in the ring, his stuff's good, but, like, he was born just to, I guess, just be an off putting heel. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. Like, it's A Train. He's just perfect because he's, like, you know, he's got power. He's, you know, he's he's skilled. And I just I think the hairiness of him is genius because it gives the crowd something to work on, and it just makes him like if he gets ahead on somebody, you're just like, oh, that big gross hairy man's winning. Get out! <laughs> this man is hairy. I just don't like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One of my earliest uh, wrestling memories, uh, the first show I ever went to, the live show in uh, in Jackson for SmackDown. Uh-huh. Uh, I think. I, I can't remember who he was wrestling, but Albert was there. 
Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I was a very, like, timid and shy, like, kid. And he and, ran uh, up to you and went, touch my chest hair. <laughs> no. <laughs> but I, I wanted to cheer and I wanted to chant. I wanted to be a part of the show. Uh, and so I, like, very apprehensively said, Albert stinks. Because <laughs> I, I was too afraid to say sucks. <laughs> and my mom is just dying laughing. She goes, hey, say it again. And so now I'm really into it. I'm like, Albert stinks. Shave your back. Like that sort of thing. So <laughs> that's Albert, one of my Albert earliest comes memories. And just grabs you and he's like, what? Uh, with wrestling and stuff. So, uh, yeah. Uh, Kid version of me is going to hate A-Train. He wants, the I earliest, earliest thing I could think of when it comes to wrestling was at that first Raw I went to. I remember distinctly now having a double-sided sign. One of the sides was for Booker T., and the other side was, I think, uh, you know, they're they're doing the whole like war between Stephanie and Bischoff. And uh-huh. I remember Eric Bischoff came out, and I was like, oh, I was like, boo! Uh, Bischoff sucks. McMahon's better. Huh? Oh, that's it. That's the story. <laughs> I'm sorry, your headphones dying made it seem way more dramatic and interesting. No, uh, what I thought was what I thought was going to happen was. Uh, you were going to uh, jump the guardrail and get on the microphone and say, I got two <laughs> words for you. I love you, 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 Booker T. And he goes, that's, that's <laughs> my two words, sucker. And then he so uh, I do have a question for you. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Uh, boxers or briefs, am I right, ladies? No. <laughs> 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 uh, no, uh, this is kind of jumping ahead in the mm-hmm. timeline, but I'm curious. Uh 2004, Booker T gets drafted to SmackDown. What were your thoughts when Booker T jumped brands? I hated it. I hated him. I tore up all my Booker T merchandise and started screaming in anger. Uh, They actually had to douse me with water to calm down. Wow. I'm just kidding. Um, Actually, from... This is a ruthless aggression history. Uh, From 2003 to probably 2005... I had like a teeny little bit of a wrestling blackout from where uh, my family moved. And so uh, when I got back into it, I ended up mostly just watching Raw. I never really watched SmackDown. So, Oh, the so, irony. Yeah. Because wow. by then, you know, Paul Heyman uh, was not the showrunner. And I think the quality kind of flipped back the other way. The pendulum swung towards Raw. Gotcha. I mean... Yeah. Uh, well, my feelings about it were, uh, I liked how they told the story. Like, Booker T was a true Raw guy, and so when he got to SmackDown, he turned heel by virtue of, like, SmackDown, that's the B show. SmackDown, nobody player. cares about that. You got the belts in the brand split. You were saying that. So, like, I was like, oh, man, Booker T, bad guy. I don't want this. But sometimes, like, oh, I like how you told no, that he story. He had that promo where he came out and was like, SmackDown is, is, is for buttholes. <laughs> <laughs> so, A-Train versus Edge. Who the heck is A-Train? Sexy. Literally, in a SmackDown leading up to here, in one breath he's being called Albert, and then midway into the show they start calling him A-Train very strange so i bet you didn't know kyle uh on a thanksgiving episode of smackdown was it thanksgiving yeah it was thanksgiving uh uh taz was home with a uh family problem and so filling in for him on commentary was none other than ernest the cat miller 
Oh, me it's tell very, me about this. It's a very strange uh, pairing. And um, and uh, I think he's the only person to ever like say other than Taz, here comes the pain. But it <laughs> it sounded so lackadaisical. He was like, here comes the pain. <laughs> he could not care less. Uh, was, was, say, was he like actually under contract for the company, or, or is yeah, he like was. They just brought him in just to do that. <laughs> no, they they were trying to figure out where to put him, how to present him, that sort of stuff. So did they did they ever bring him out? What do you mean? Like, did they ever bring him out as like a wrestler? Yeah, like I, um, like I said, I I know I remember seeing him a lot in WCW, but I don't remember seeing him like much at all in WWE. More in 03, you'll see him. He'll get involved with Vince. Uh, <laughs> so uh, we'll we'll just have to hang on to that one, big boy. <laughs> he's he's the guy who did that in Booker T's theme. What the little voice? Yeah, the little. <laughs> that... I always thought that was Jerry Lawler. Yeah, it was him going. <laughs> Puppies, like the little laugh. It goes. <laughs> I always thought that was Jerry Lawler, <laughs> always. And then it was only like a year or so ago where I realized that rap sheet was a WCW song. I was like, wait, that couldn't have been Jerry Lawler, or was it? They hired him. Uh, they hired a, a sound alike that did a WCW. Like you know, all their themes were knockoff themes except for a few, and so they had a knockoff Jerry Lawler come in and go. <laughs> oh man so how did we get here A-Train versus Edge so as aforementioned the A-Train is just something that has recently got on the tracks of old Smackdown hey, hey, on the tracks cause he's a train <laughs> hey, he's not actually a train he's on a flipping music kind of disgusting you know? remember when he came whenever, whenever he debuted didn't he come out and went the train is at the station whoop whoop and everybody started like doing it with him oh my god no I feel like someone I, I don't know I feel like someone did do that like <laughs> something about train in the station I forget though I'm gonna run a train on you hey <laughs> train don't say that that sounds gross oh my gosh um, oh my god Oh man. Uh no, but um So yeah, um it was Albert at the time. He had a match with Rey Mysterio on SmackDown. Uh, no. Where Albert just snaps and attacks Rey Mysterio uh and he he starts attacking his knee on the top rope and uh starts wailing him with a chair. And Edge his tag team partner did not like this. Not one bit. He came out and said, I, I will fight you. I'll, I'll fight you in a fight match. It's like, I'm going to beat you up, Albert. But on that same SmackDown, they're trying to figure out who will be the number one contender. Albert. And so later on in the show, they have a fatal four-way <gasps> with Chris Benoit, Kurt Angle, Eddie Guerrero, and Edge. And Chris, as old, cri- old Crispy Benoit, that's what they called him. As Edge is making his entrance, Albert comes out and attacks his knee, too. Oh, not mean. near as bad. Not near as bad as uh, as Ray got it. But uh, Edge, he still competes in the match. It comes down to him and Kurt, and Kurt just happens to come out on top. So that frees up Edge for a match here at Armageddon with the now A train, not the B train, oh. not the C train, but the quadruple train. Woo! <laughs> 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 
So, uh, Edge, Edge is going to kick some honey tonight. And uh, I will say before I get started here that uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I liked Edge. I liked Edge here for a change. Yeah. I freaking have hated Edge this whole time. <laughs> yeah, but... he, he was really, like, just going nuts. Like, he was, yeah, he, he, was, he was really wailing on A-Train in this match. So, according to Michael Cole, Edge tore his MCL during the attack. Oh, no. So, uh... <laughs> One, no, and two, no. <laughs> that's like a that's like a season like several months out sort of injury. Yeah, that's that's just funny to hear how they say like, oh, he's wrestling with the the fractured uh, spleen. It's like no, he's not. But look, here's the deal. Dead. <laughs> here's the deal. I can work with him on that, even though it sounds incredibly stupid. But the time Zack Ryder came out and Kane chokeslammed him to the stage and they said, Zack Ryder has a, a broken back. <laughs> he turns around and wrestles at WrestleMania. <laughs> that was the worst instance out of all of them. A broken freaking back. Hey, Kurt Angle wrestled with a broken freaking neck. Tee-hee. He did. He did. Tee-hee. <laughs> Tee-hee. And now we're we're seeing the the consequences of that sort of thing, <laughs> but that's a different story for a different that's a, day, gamers. That's a story for a different time. So of course we naturally get a, a shave your back chant as A Train makes his 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 way in in the in the train tracks of Armageddon. But uh, uh Ed he, he he gets out. He uh, he tries to be quick, but uh, A Train is just a little too much. We get more power work from the future, uh, the future uh, giant Bernard of New Japan wrestling, <laughs> future Kenta or whatever. But he's just you know I'm big meat man you know come at me. Yeah, but, uh, get you. They try to he tries to grapple him, but like his hairs are too slippery, doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> so Edge he gets out he gets out with the jawbreaker he starts chopping away on a train. He hits a spinning heel kick to a face buster. And we get a freaking top rope edge omatic, which was really cool. So Edge cool. Edge leaps off the top, <laughs> but it gets caught with a bicycle kick in midair. I thought that was really cool. Mm-hmm. A train starts. He, get... he, he, rang, he rang his bell with that bicycle kick. Tee-hee. A train he gets frustrated. He gets a steel chair out, but Edge baseball slides the chair into his face. Yeah. He fights back with a Baldo bomb, but only good for two. He just ends up hitting Edge with the chair, and, well, he's disqualified. Mm-mm. But the real winner here, I mean, it's Edge because he got... You know. The real winner here is the viewers. What? I said the real winner here is the viewers. No. <laughs> <laughs> the real winner here is Edge. By disqualification and by uh, merit alone, after he just freaking takes out a train <laughs> after the match with the chair oh yeah that, that was probably the best part i don't know what how much good this did for a train because he seems like fodder in a story yeah but and that story somehow involves him like he's just as much prevalent in it as he is he, he's equally like highlighted but low lighted it's so strange i <laughs> It, it it is kind of weird thinking about it, especially considering like the next move with him. 
Yes, it's basically him and Big Show teaming up as a couple losers, you know? Yeah, and like I mentioned on a previous podcast, uh, they both combined weight is 850 pounds. Uh, and I know that because of an episode of Maury where someone was talking about how over- overweight they were. And I'm like, you, you weighed the same as uh, the Big Show and Albert combined. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he said. He's like, today we are talking, Stephen, Stephen, how much do you weigh? Oh, I weigh as much as the Big Show and Albert combined. And he's like, oh my God, that's over 800 pounds. Oh my gosh. So Edge gets the the win via disqualification. Would you say and... he gets the win? Uh, no. <laughs> Joy, if you're listening, you're, if you're listening, you're still invited. He's like, I hate these guys. I hope they <laughs> All I can notice was like after the match, Edge has the creepiest look on his face. He's like, that's just like, like Edge is really good at making creepy looks, though. Yeah, but it's so strange considering that's not who he is yet. You know I know. What I mean, you see, you see the shades of what he becomes in the future. That's probably why I liked him so much in this match compared to the past few we watched. Right, but uh, yeah, I mean, we're still we're still at the Edge Army version of Edge, and uh, that's, that's, I still hate so him weird. as a result. So Edge <laughs> Army, like I, I hardly even remember that. Were you in the Edge Army? No. <laughs> <laughs> I was in the Christian Coalition, baby. I was in the Benoit Battalion. <laughs> oh, gosh. No, 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 no. And Colonel Christian. Uh, more more uh, army I can, puns. I can, military I puns. I can't think of any. I can't think of any. Uh, Admiral Angle. Or, that's not really works. That's like a position. Let's let's just quit while we're ahead. Yeah, let's stop. <laughs> and I, I made a skip behind by saying Colonel Christian, so there you go. Yeah. Who's got a beard that's long and white? Santa's got a beard that's long and white. Who comes around on a special night? Santa comes around on a special night. So, um, we come backstage to Paul Heyman, and he's just pleading with the big show to not Lose go to weight, Stephanie. Please. No. He's like, let me do it, Big Daddy. I'll do it. I'll, I'm the manager. I'll take care of you. That it's sort like, of listen, thing. Big Papa Show, let me take care of it. <laughs> Speaking of Big Papa, Big Papa Pump was nowhere to be seen on this show. Oh my gosh, you're right. Yeah, considering that he was wow. a commodity in the past one we did, I, I just realized he was not on the show whatsoever. Holy crap. I'm glad you said that. I would have completely the, forgot about it. I exactly. To, He's listen, forgettable. Listen, I, look, I know we've talked about this like on Facebook and stuff, but I... <laughs> that was strange. Okay. I... I guess... Myself. Yes. Hate. I hate Scott Steiner right now. Okay, I sucks. hate every promo he's in. I can't stand him. So, yeah. since you said that, let, let's catch our listeners up to speed on uh, the big bad booty daddy. Ste- Steiner action. Get ready. Get ready for a, a fun ride, everybody. Ruthless aggression. Nuclear heat. Pretty much what happened. 
Raw 495, November 18th, 2002 <clears throat> episode of Raw. Uh, Eric Bischoff is waiting for, quote-unquote, someone important. A limousine pulls up, and to the disappointment of Eric, it's only Ric Flair. Eric's, Eric asks, where is he? And Rick informs him that Triple H just checked out of the hospital for his uh, Bruce trachea. He goes, hey, Eric, remember when you refused to book me at WCW? I hate you! <laughs> well, it turns out that uh, Eric is a little frustrated. He's waiting on uh, uh, Scott Steiner. And uh, as a result of his frustration, he puts Ric Flair in a match with Kane. Rick says uh, that that's okay because he'll have to answer to Triple H afterwards. And uh, Rick is confident that Raw will suffer without Triple H. And I just wanted to note that for uh, for uh, what we're going to talk about later in the show. Um, but as far as uh, Scott Steiner goes, um, later on, uh, he comes out to the parking lot again. And another limo pulls up, and this time it is Scott Steiner. Uh, he says they're going to run the place as long as he signs on the raw dotted line. The so, raw line. So later on, Scott Steiner he comes out, cuts a promo, and pretty much it's just formulaic at this point. Scott Steiner, from what I remember uh, in hindsight, as like like in my life right now, like uh, his, his time in Impact and what I've seen in WCW mm-hmm. is nothing like it was here. Scott Steiner. If I was to describe Scott Steiner to a non-wrestling fan, I would say the guy's freaking crazy, he's funny, and he don't take no crap. Yeah. But uh, uh, this Scott Steiner, he has to say, Big Papa Punk's got your hookup for all my freaks and my peaks, and I'm the big bad booty daddy, and holler if you hear me. Every time. No more, no less. Yeah, it's almost like, you know, in WCW, everybody knows that, like, it's just, he was notoriously just off the rails and nobody bothered to restrain him. So he said whatever he wanted. And then TNA, I'm assuming it was kind of, like, more or less the same. Maybe not to the extent he was in WCW, because he was, like, oh, I don't know, probably the same, honestly. It was still a freaking nut job. Yeah, he was still a nut job. The Dudley Boy's fat and everything. Yeah, but... In WWE, he, it's like they tried to make him a more defined character, and it did not work. The guy's just you know, too crazy to be put in a box. He you is, can't put yeah. Scott in a box. No, because I, I won't say that I, I hate Scott Steiner or anything. I mean, like, t- for me personally, like, just ring in ring-wise, he's never been, like, too standout, aside from his work with, you know, his brother as a tag team. But, uh... His his promos when he's unleashed and can just go off the cuff are just like otherworldly. It's like I've never had anything that sounds both incredibly threatening and incredibly funny. <laughs> and that's the best way you could put it. It's like I recently watched the one with him and um, from TNA. It was him and you know Bubba Ray Dudley, and they're both going off together. <laughs> and it's like, oh my god, I love it. This is the one with us. She's fat. Oh gosh, there was something I showed Stephanie recently where he was like the ring announcer in TNA. I <laughs> saw that. Yeah, he said something he was, like he kept calling them all bitches and stuff. Well, he says he says something like it's scheduled for one fall. Introducing first, hailing from Dunkin' Donuts, 
from Dunkin' Donuts from the great state of obesity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Back, bitch, back there. <laughs> I love it. And the Booker T, isn't he announcing? He's like, oh my God, you know. Yeah, he's doing like his weird African like accent. Oh my goodness, you got him in a headlock. <laughs> you know, you know he did that because he he's like, oh, I'm in, I'm in Florida. I'm gonna get noticed by like an acting agency, so I need to really like step my game up. Really? <laughs> yeah, he somehow regressed. Oh, That's so stupid. <laughs> Honestly, Booker T and TNA is like the most forgettable thing in the world. No joke. At first it was really cool, and then it wasn't. Yeah, yeah, until it wasn't. <laughs> so, um, Scott Steiner, he later on, he came out and cut a promo. He first and foremost clarifies, and this is about as crazy as he got from my from like my reviews and stuff. But he crazy. First, he first and foremost clarifies where he's been mm-hmm, and why mm-hmm. his nickname is the Big Bad Booty Daddy. It's because he likes buttocks? Uh... Well, uh, he, I'll just, I'll put it this way, as mildly yes. as I can. Yes. Uh, the most important thing, Scott Steiner, is uh, reaching the big O. Okay? O. And I'll yeah. leave it at that. That's why they call him the big bad booty daddy. Treat, <laughs> treating the ladies nicely. Uh, I found the explanation to be strange, but uh, he says he's not here to make friends, no matter where he ends up. And yet, somehow, he becomes great buddies with Test. But uh, that's, that's for <laughs> later on. Jericho comes out, and he insults his physique while he poses. He says Steiner looks like King Arthur. <laughs> chain link. Yeah, the chain link, yeah. It's like, I don't, think, I don't think Scott Steiner is going to get a freaking like, Monty Python reference. Well, Steiner says uh, he, he, he invites Chris Jericho to come down to the ring. And uh, he'll kick his medieval a double snake. <laughs> of course, just excuse me. Of course, Jericho says no because he has a match, and Steiner says he'll stick around to see if he's as good as he says he is. So naturally, he costs Jericho his match later. Um, so Steiner, he's going back and forth between shows, and uh, I won't go through all of it, but this is I I, I use that as an example to say. It's so formulaic. You know, later on we see he, it looks like he's going to sign with SmackDown, but Stephanie won't put out quote unquote. Yeah. So he's like, I'll go raw. I think, I think that's one of the biggest like flaws, like in their handling of Scott Steiner, this whole like, Oh, where's you going to go? It's like, it builds him up as like this massive, amazing human. Like, Oh man, he must be the best in the world. And then he gets in the ring and it's like, (laughs) Right, like... Does he have, like, a big, big, like, eh, match with Triple H, and it's just, like, whatever? Well, here's the thing. As a kid, you know, as an adult, I know I know what I should expect from Scott Stone. But yeah. here's the thing. As a kid, I had no clue who he was. Yeah. Like, I'd only been watching wrestling for a handful of months at this point. So, You're just like, it's the weird muscle man who really likes butts, apparently. Well, right, but like... He likes butts and monsters. He keeps talking about freaks. I don't know what that is. I What I knew of Scott Steiner was what I was told to mm-hmm. like about him. So on Raw, on SmackDown, really even like on... His muscles. Even on Confidential. Yeah. It was constantly, oh, Scott Steiner, he's the man. Scott Steiner, blah, blah, blah. He's going to give you a big kiss if you don't say he's cool. So honestly, you know, we see wrestlers all the time, even today, who yeah. 
will come in and we know what they can do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even if we don't, we're, you know, word of mouth, people will say, hey, man, this person did such and such or so and so. They're awesome. With Scott Steiner, it was up to him to deliver. And yeah. he, he didn't. And we'll talk about that more later, like No Way Out. But my gosh, man, they built him God. up like a megastar. <laughs> they built him up so well to the point where I knew nothing about him but wanted to see him. You you wanted to see his peaks and his freaks, right? So all that to say, screw Scott Steiner in 2002 and 2003. <laughs> but I will yep. say, it was unique to see him come out on SmackDown. I'm like, huh, this is strange. Scott Steiner with the fist. It, and you really can't deny that his his debut at the pay-per-view was something to be like, whoa, this guy's a big deal about, you know what I'm saying? Exactly. Like the crowd mixed like with everything going on. That was cool. Yeah. Gosh. Everything else I can do without. I miss I miss the last pay per view's crowd. They're so good. Madison Square, oh, that's such a oh, that's a good venue. Agreed. Can't 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 wait can't wait can't wait. I can't wait, babe. So, um, where do you rank that Atrian Edge match? Did we say? I give it a thumbs in the middle. Yeah, I give it a, a good fiddle thumbs middle. Fiddle, okay. I mean, Ruthless like aggression fiddle. <laughs> I mean, it's better than you'd expect because I, I think a lot of folks, yeah, like we said, and like going off as a kid, we're just like, hey, Trey, yeah, you're gross, but he's better than you thought, but it just kind of has like a non finish. And it's just, we, you don't know where it's going to go from here. So, definitely firmly in the middle. Up and next, up and next, up and next. Uh, <laughs> up next, we have Chris Benoit versus Eddie Guerrero. And not much of a build here. I mean, they've kind of loosely been feuding uh, since, well, Vengeance, I guess you could argue. Well, not even Vengeance. It, it, it just feels Kingman, like the, but... the build is more like they're friends. They've been at each other's throats for a long time. It's it's time for this to end. You know what I'm saying? Right. But, uh, so, I mean, they didn't build it up as much as they could have. But the short of it is, as seen by the hype package before the match, Eddie went after Chris, so boom, here we are. So this is very wrestling heavy, and I thought it was almost to a fault. I love this match. I'll go on record and say thumbs up. But Oh, yeah, definitely. But the crowd, I, I feared that they were going to lose the crowd just based on, like, oh, wow, this is kind of boring. I didn't think it was boring. But... No, me either. I was actually... This, this is the match that made me go, okay, I hate this crowd. <laughs> they... it, like, seriously, like, okay, I'll just say, you know, it's just me. I know we're not getting into details yet. But, you know, they're doing, like, holds and stuff, but not just, like, boring, like, oh, it's a rest hold, but, like, real, like, maneuvers. Like, they're making it look like it hurts. But for us on TV, it looks like, oh, wow, gripping, exciting. But, I could, you know, if you're live, it just looks like two dudes in a pretzel... And at one point, dudes start chanting boring, and I'm just like, get out of here. <laughs> You're boring, audience. But I love the mat-based stuff that they did uh, in the match. Um, just really submission-heavy. Yeah. Eddie Eddie gets in a chin lock on Chris Benoit, 
and uh, he starts to fight back, but is able to hit. You ready for this? Yes. The Spagingo! Oh! <laughs> there you go, guys. Uh, Ruthless Aggression Spagingo count one. <laughs> it's the big Spagingo of the night. <laughs> yeah, they, they, this is the one you always see in the Don't Try This at Home Spagingos are no joke package they play before events. <laughs> Bodies have been bruised. I was Spagingoed 50 times in the match. I'll know how I'm living. Careers have been shortened. Oh, my, he kicked out. He kicked out. <laughs> Sorry, I just Fuck mixed up. this. <laughs> this <spaghetti> broke him in half. I broke my tail, but I forget what it says. But uh, anyway. <laughs> broke my butthole open. So Eddie fights out, and he's able to get a short arm scissors on Chris Benoit. Benoit is able to lift Eddie from the arm scissors position into a powerbomb on the ground. He goes for a pinfall, but it's only good for two. Oh, poor baby. Here you go. You ready for this? Mm-hmm. Brace yourself, because yeah. as Eddie has Chris in a rest hole, Benoit fights out and kicks and hits a front-facing Spagingo. Yeah! This match is very Spagingo-heavy, I must say. I know. It's quite Spagingy. <laughs> Eddie gets knocked over towards the ropes, and... uh Benoit goes after him, and Eddie tries to hit a Spagingo to the outside. But Chris gets tangled up in the ropes and just falls to the outside. <laughs> so, Spagingo, boom, boom, boom. I think that's the last Spagingo of this match, to my knowledge, but uh, just that was worth mentioning. Um, oh, yeah. it's very. It shows like how, how intense these guys were and their work rate. Just They weren't afraid to go out and take those Spagingos. <laughs> As Chris is outside, Eddie goes to the top and hits a top rope dive. Eddie brings Chris back into the ring and starts working over his leg. He transitions into a... Uh, it's not quite a calf crusher, uh, but I, I don't know the name of the move. But it's just constantly like submission after submission. Mm-hmm. They're just like rolling it, it, around. I feel like to do like a very mat-heavy kind of submission match is... It takes, it takes finesse. Like You gotta know like when... Too much is too much, and and when to make something look like it like really hurts to kind of push for. Because if everything looks like it hurts, it's going to get kind of boring. But you know, mm-hmm. these two guys, they really know their stuff. Like it's it's genuinely exciting. Students of the game, you know, yeah. it's funny. Um, I'm going to go off on a tangent here, like almost oh, completely unrelated. Tangent. But I was listening to Edge and Christian's uh, podcast, uh-huh. and they told this story. Uh, our RVD was on there as the guest and he told this story about Chris Benoit and uh, RVD was talking about his time in WCW like in the early 90s and yeah. uh, he was like you know he was going to quit because he was getting paid such a little amount of money and he's like well I'm not this star or anything but like I, I need to make a living you know and he said Chris Benoit approached him and he goes hey I heard you think about quitting and he's like yeah what's up man and he goes I just think you're a coward. I think you're a loser. You go ahead and quit. He starts like cussing them out and stuff. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, he says, you, "Go ahead, go ahead, quit. We don't need you." Stuff like that. And so, fast forward to 2007. <laughs> so he goes, "Okay," and he just walks away. <laughs> <laughs> fast forward to 2007. RVD, he's uh, thinking about quitting again, or he does. He leaves the company, and uh, Chris Benoit. He says, he comes up to him and he's like. Hey man, I just want to say, like me and a bunch of the guys, we respect what you're doing. You know, you go out and do something else. You know, just uh, we really respect what you're doing. And RVD says, "Hey man, that's cool and everything, but uh, 
Remember the time in 92 when you cussed me out for leaving? And pretty much it was like tantamount to, uh, oh man, I'm sorry. I, I guess I was just being a jerk. I'm sorry. I didn't know I did that. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought that was a really interesting story. But um, <clears throat> back back to the match. So um, where was I? They go into this whole sequence where Eddie has Chris in the corner and Chris starts to fight back. And as Eddie is dazed, Chris viciously goes for a crippler crossface. But yeah. Eddie gets out. I'll say, um, I was actually talking to Crystal because uh, I was watching some old match with Cena in it. And um, I was just saying how just like one of my least favorite submissions has to just be the STFU. Just because it always looks like really weak, like he's just kind of hugging their neck, you know what I'm saying? Sure. And I was like, using that as an explanation, I was like, just go watch like somebody like Chris Benoit. Uh, isn't isn't Daniel Bryan's like yes lock just a cross face? Pretty much. Yeah, it's 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 like a modification of anything, and yeah. like they they make it look like it's like it hurts, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But Cena, him and that STFU, just get out of here. <laughs> or it's the STF, I guess. Whatever. Didn't he rename it? Again? Didn't he rename it? It's know. just the STF. Yeah, it's just the STF. Yeah, he went completely PG. He went shut the attitude fudge. adjustment. It's, it stands for uh, suck this face. Well, I didn't. In, I don't know. <laughs> fun Levi is innocent story. I didn't uh-huh. know STFU was an acronym for anything. Shut the, like the, shut shut the front. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> university. I don't know. Shut up. <laughs> like, I just thought it was like a play on his finisher, like the FU. Like, yeah. oh, I know what the STF is. STFU, that's fun. I remember, like, one of my friends had used that as an acronym on Facebook. And I'm like, oh, they're, it's like, quoting, you John Cena, they're quoting John Cena's finishing move. So to that same person, I had said it. And then came along to realize, like, oh, that means shut the front door. I felt really embarrassed. <laughs> Anyway, so uh, next, Benoit uh, does a backflip to a uh, front-facing Spagingo. Eddie Guerrero explodes on contact, and Chris Benoit wins the big belt. <laughs> what did you think he's of the, the first, match? He's no. the first person ever to uh, hit the, the front-face Spagingo. <laughs> it, was only, it was only a myth. So, uh, Chris transitions into the trifecta <clears throat> German suplex, uh, except he hits five. Yeah, I know. He was like, geez, he's going to kill Eddie. So, Suplex City. The Bing fans bong. finally start to get into it after that. Chris signals for the diving headbutt, but he comes down after he sees Eddie move. Uh, he proceeds to hit two more German suplexes. Eddie eventually reverses and hits his own multiple German suplexes. Chris is prone on the ring, which allows Eddie to hit the frog splash. Yeah. He goes for a pin, but it's only good for two. Oh. They wrestle to the outside where Eddie lays in plenty of kicks. The referee is pleading with him to stop, which distracts him naturally. Keep out, please, Jeff, is what he says. Freaking Jimmy Corderas. I don't know what it is about him. He just, like, don't do that. He's very intense. He's a very intense young man. This allows Chavo to run in and hit Chris Benoit with that old title belt. No! Chris is uh, knocked out, and Eddie slowly like brings his lifeless body into the ring. 
I feel a little uncomfortable saying lifeless body and Chris Milan the same sentence. Uh, yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Let me try that again. Yeah, I'm about to say. Eddie brings Chris back in the ring. <laughs> now you're wanting to lull with it. Eddie. Eddie brings Chris's uh, uh, f- flopping bloated corpse back in the Stop. ring. <laughs> oh my gosh, this is dark. This is dark. Um. But, but he he brings him back in, tries to pin him. It's it's good for two. <laughs> Nothing more to see here. Uh, Eddie goes for the three, and he goes. I don't think it's called that just yet, but um, Chris yeah, Revert. Huh? I was about to say like at that time was they calling it the three amigos or whatever. Okay. I don't think he was. <laughs> but Chris reverses. Eddie gets in the lasso from El Paso, and then Chris starts to fight back. Chris hits a power bomb and goes to the top rope. Eddie distracts the ref, which allows Chavo to scale the top rope, but Benoit is able to knock him down. Eddie comes back, but he is knocked down as well. Eddie gets hit with a diving headbutt for his troubles. Later on, Eddie is able to get in the lasso from El Paso, but this, however, is reversed into the crossface. Chris is able to roll to the center of the ring, and Eddie has no choice but to tap out. Chris Benoit wins. I think it's cool how Chris, see how when he's like, when they're a little too close to the edge, you can just roll it. Yeah, I actually watched uh, the WrestleMania 20 match where he did that to Triple H, and I was like, that that's so good. So that is good. good. That's cool. Because you think, like, oh, is it getting reversed? Oh, no, he's just, he's just making sure he's getting the most leverage. That's such a good story. I can't wait to get to it. But for now, we're in 0-2. For okay. a little... For a little while longer. For a little bit, honey. It's not, not too much longer. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, thumbs up to, for I me. I can't wait to get to our first, our first WrestleMania. Oh, we're so close. We're so, so close. close. I can taste it. Is it the next, I, is it the next pay-per-view uh, Royal Rumble or something like that? Yep. Yeah, it's going to be fun. We got Royal Rumble, No Way Out, and then WrestleMania night. Uh, don't you mean uh, Elimination Chamber and Fastlane? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> What was that song? Fastly, fastly. Fastly, fastly. I don't know. Gosh, man. That's how it sounded anyway. more or less. A little sucky. So, I give this match a thumbs up. Oh, yeah, uh, definitely. I liked up. it. Um, I have not seen this pay-per-view before. So, um, this was fresh to me. So, it's hard to say if I would have liked it just like as a kid. Uh, I can only say that uh, I liked it, so... You yeah. can only say that, well, <laughs> well it's the big show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I Sounded so, like, out of breath. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I really like this match, too. It was cool. Like, when it first started, I realized, like, oh, it's going to be, like, one of those matches, like, where it's either very good or very kind of, eh, a lot of mat stuff, but... Both of them are just like they're masters of their craft. Like they told a story. It felt like really heavy, really personal, and uh, it was it was great. Uh, it made me hate the crowd with a burning passion because they don't <laughs> care about it. And uh, yeah, big old thumbs up from the K Man. The K Man. Okay. That's what everybody calls me. <laughs> Get with the program, homie. <laughs> the K stands for kicking, homeboy. They call me uh, the L man, but it stands for loser. Oh no! There's my uh, J A double snakes. Oh, uh, there you go. 
Uh, so we cut backstage to Stephanie McMahon in her office. She's sitting on her desk as opposed to at. It's kind of weird when you think about it. I know. It was, it was very weird staging. She's watching the television very closely, and she says, Ooh, I love that Chris Benoit. Uh, do you want to take it from here? Do you want to describe the promo to us listeners? Uh, it's just, if I, there's one thing I can criticize this pay-per-view for is none of the backstage segments were all that impressive or they felt like they mattered too much. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Like, this is definitely one, too. Like, the whole story kind of going forward, like, they did it earlier, they're doing it now. It's all like, they're like, oh, you know, Big Show is going to be taking on Kurt. We want to make sure Brock Lesnar doesn't interfere. Uh, oh, is Brock going to be in Kurt's corner or not? Oh, he's supposed to be all suspendioed. You should suspend him again. And so it's basically a backstage. Heyman had told Big Show he'd take care of her because he's, he's a businessman. He's a businessman. And he's basically just like, how about Steph? Uh, I just want to make sure that uh, Big Show, he don't get any interruption. And she's all like, uh... Hey, big ponytail Paul, Brock Lester <laughs> is not suspended. He could do whatever he wants. Now go get and Brody's all like, okay, but if uh he interferes, then we're gonna have a big old problem. <sighs> and that's more than basic, that, though. More than that, Paul uh he says, I thank you for your time. It's always a pleasure doing business with you. But if Brock Lesnar is in Kurt's corner tonight then there will be no more Mr. Nice Guy. Big Show will break Brock Lesnar's neck, and that's a promise. Yeah. So, a lot riding on this. So, um, I, w- I want to run you through, uh, I-, I heard this a long time ago, I was still living in Seattle, uh, The Ballad of Little Dave Batista, have you ever heard of that one? No, I've never heard of that one. So, there was a writer, I, f- I forget if it was like uh, Brian Gerwitz or whoever it was, uh, when Batista debuted, or not debuted, but like around this time, he has this song... And we all know how his song goes like Well it was like a rib where wrestlers, Edge and Christian and the writers specifically, they put words to the song. But yeah. it stems it stems from a, a promo that we recently saw on Raw where Ric Flair's like, Big Dave Daddy, you know, you're a monster, you're hungry, you're an orphan as a kid, you're gonna win the match. <laughs> <laughs> so, so they they made words to uh, uh, this song where it's like <laughs> little orphan Dave Batista <laughs> and like uh, the little me. It's like I'm so lonely. I'm an orphan. <laughs> <laughs> Newly noted little Dave Batista. 
<laughs> I gotta see this. I want to see it. You can find it on YouTube. It's so funny. Oh my gosh, I was laughing my head off. Um, but it's also just so strange how Rick throws that in there. And the reason that they they said you know Batista's an orphan or whatever is they were looking for more soap opera and storyline. I've already mentioned that. I was about to say like I don't remember ever hearing that Batista's an orphan before. It was so loosely glossed over on Raw. Just well, was he like, like in real life an actual orphan, or is it all no. just like yeah, gay babe? No, he's really close to his mom. <laughs> <laughs> she she was a single mother, but uh, they, it's, like, it's like single mom orphans the same damn thing. <laughs> but for real, Ric Flair is just like, yeah, you're hungry, you're a monster, uh, you're an orphan, uh, you're gonna win the. <laughs> <laughs> it's like classic, actually. You're an orphan, whatever. <laughs> that's the backstory <laughs> but Batista he's been on a tear um, as aforementioned with uh, Ric Flair being put in a match with Kane Batista came to his aid and they were just they've just been kind of beefing ever since there's not a whole lot of story they've been getting big and beefy uh, but yeah this is pretty much just a, a meat man match it's not very long but uh, whoa, 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 whoa. are you already cutting to Kane and Batista yes <laughs> Dude, you don't you think you're forgetting something? Oh my gosh, you're right. I was about to say. I have to edit that now. Um, so we'll, <laughs> we'll we'll start. We'll, I'll keep all that, but we'll. No, uh, we, we 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 can hard. We no no. We don't need a big. Okay. Heart. We're going back. Fuck. Uh, so um, Levi was jumping the gun here, but something very very important. Well, before you get started, happened. I I need to say that uh, I told Kyle this was his responsibility. So that's why I forgot all about it, and. Um, I wanted nothing to do with this segment, so uh, go ahead. Yeah, it's it's a garbage segment, and I'm going to gloss through it because uh, I've got a little story for you, listeners. So uh, about a week or so ago, uh, I stayed home from work for like a day and a half just because I felt like crap. I got like some kind of flu or something. I was achy, and I felt miserable. And so I was like, okay, what better time than to just lay here and watch a pay-per-view? And so I started watching it. I got through Booker T match. I got through A-Train Edge match. And then I just kind of fell asleep. And it's one of those things where you're kind of like falling in and out of consciousness at some point. It's like noise. And sadly, like I start to proper wake up as soon as the this, this segment starts. Um, and so all my recollection mainly comes from that because I tried to watch it again. And it's just – it's so bad. But basically – for the past uh, while, uh, freaking Tori Wilson and Don Marie, right? That's her name, Don Marie. Yeah. Okay, so for the past while, Tori Wilson, Don Marie, they've been having a little spat. Uh, uh, Don Marie is dating Tori's dad, Al, and she's like, "Why are you doing this, you hoe?" <laughs> and then she finally is like, "Tori." I'm just doing this because I want to get close to you. And so uh, she lures uh, uh, Tori to a hotel room and implies that they do or don't get it on. Yeah, you, I think they kind of imply that, you know, maybe that didn't happen. But then the next night, uh-oh, everybody's talking. Oh, they did do something. They did do something. By God. And, uh... <laughs> Then they just like teasing, like I got a videotape of us lesson out, tee, and they're gonna like I'm gonna show it, I'm gonna show the pay per view, and uh, yeah, they basically just she comes out and shows the dumb tape, and 
like I said, at this point, I was waking up and it was so uncomfortable. Like, it, here's a very specific thing. I'm sure not all our viewers will will uh, will relate, but did you ever, as like a very little kid, um, have to like you had somebody watching you or something like an older person and whenever soap operas came on that was like your designated that's your nap time yeah. and as a kid that's that was for me i had a neighbor woman that would watch me and soap opera time that was designated nap time so i'd lay down i'd fall asleep for a few minutes but i'd always end up waking up to the weird awkward sounds of soap opera where there's like no music you could hear a pin drop everything is just so oddly like audio wise it's like you only hear two people talking in dead air and it's very uncomfortable to hear as you're trying to fall asleep and that's the feeling i had as i was waking up to this stupid video the video starts and it's just tori coming to the hotel and don marie is scantily clad in her little robe and she's like hey tori i'm glad you can make it you know <laughs> You must really love your dad if you're willing to do this. And she's like, stop it. Let's just get this over with. And eventually, you know, she takes off her robe. And also she had her broad panties. They didn't have to have no match or nothing. <laughs> she's like tempting her. And she's like, oh, you're so pretty. And she brings out strawberries. And she's like, mm, you want a strawberry? It's almost like the strawberry is like the tip of a penis. <laughs> I mean, she doesn't say that, but I mean, come on. That's what they're implying, strawberries. And she's like, mm, that's nice. Here, have I helped you get get all half-naked, Tori? That'd be nice. And so they get half-naked, and uh, they start, you know, she's like, mm, give me a big, big old wet kiss. Give me a wet kiss, Tori. They finally do, and they're doing that awkward, like, I'm a model who is paid enough money to just kind of, like, say who cares and kiss another girl. So it's not like an actual real kiss between two people. Like, it's just that, like, kind of just taking two lips and going, kind of kissing. It's very awkward. And, of course, there's a bunch of creepy, like, horny guys in the audience who are like, woo, yeah, yeah. And then Al steps up. He's like, Stop the tape. Cut it out. Cut it out. <laughs> I don't want to see this no more. You can't do this, Sabri. And everybody's booing. And they're like, no, bro, we hate out. We all got boners. HLI. 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 <laughs> and eventually, they're like, come on, Al. Let me start it again. There's still so much more to see. So much we do, you know. <laughs> nah, 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 nah. And so they start to tape again, and it's more awkward kissing. And eventually, Al's like, "Nope, not having it. Sorry, fellers. Nope." And then everybody's like, "Boo!" And then they just leave, and that's it—the end. And then it cuts to you know, Jr. and King talking, and it's like, "Well, you know, I must say, you know that." That, that, that shocking tape is certainly something. Oh, yeah, I should mention that Don Marie's trying to spin it. Like, I love you, Dad, and this proves that Tori is a degenerate sex pervert. And, it, okay, whatever. And I'll say, it didn't get to, you know, audio, JR and King are just going back and forth. Like, oh, that, that tape, oh, man, there, there's crowds. That was some sex, wasn't it? <laughs> King, of course, is being gross. And I wrote down at one point, King was like, oh, where's the rest of that tape? Oh, come on, come on. Oh, you know, that's, come on, 
I can't, I can't stand up now. Ah. Oh my god! Like, oh my god! So yeah, that's the tape. Wow. Sorry to waste everybody's time with this, but that's how it was. <laughs> I give it the biggest thumbs down in the world. It was absolute garbage by future Hall of Famer Tori Wilson. So, <laughs> oh my gosh. If you want to hear my feelings about that, check out Wrestling Reverb, where I joined Josh, Foul Original, and Kevin, and gave my full opinion on that. Uh, I'm not where you, where you're like, I love, I love Tori Wilson. She's deserving on ability and in-ring presence. Uh... In one word, no. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> but um, um, I think it goes without saying, this gets the three-minute warning skit of the night. Three-minute warning skit of the night. I, I kind of laughed at jerry lawler saying how much he hated al wilson but i do have a question yeah at what point did al wilson become some sort of morally upstanding citizen i know right? that he could endure <laughs> so much of tory wilson kissing up on his quote-unquote beyonce like what the heck dude sweet home alabama someone someone's playing in the background <laughs> That must have been so awkward for him, like, seriously, as his dad, like, oh, you're just going to bring me to, to hug up some big titty lady, right? Oh, yeah, we're going to have a big titty lady make out with your daughter on TV, and you're going to have to watch it. Uh, so, is that her shoot, Dad? I, I believe so. That's, like, her real-life dad. I think that's the conclusion I drew, but I was just never certain. I couldn't find anything I online. I want to say I looked it up. No, there's a picture with him together, like... I think she shared it on Twitter or something. I, I don't know. I'd have to double check. It's making me doubt myself. But uh, yeah, be positive. That's her, her real dad. Well, I guess uh, we'll I never know, know since he. Well, I can't say just yet, so never mind. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, but yeah. Moving on to Kane versus Big Daddy D. Big Daddy D. Big Daddy D. So, uh, one thing we haven't talked about is the set here. Yeah, it's a nice set. Oh, it's like very industrial. Uh, sheet metal. There's cool flames. It's got the SmackDown and Raw logos on either side. It's it's pretty good. I like it. I liked it. The thing I liked most about it is during matches when they play the little Armageddon graphic. <laughs> yeah, I noticed that too. You could see the little, the little robot, robot charging in the battle. <laughs> it's Gosh. a big missed opportunity to use. Uh, they could have used that uh, Def Leppard song. That Oh, you getting it? Yes, I'm getting it. Oh my gosh. That would be really lame, but I would have loved it. That would fit more with the goofy robot. That would have been fun. No, they, they could do that. And then, I was so wrong. No, what they need to do you is... You uh... my dong. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. anyway. Uh... I should say, Batista's first theme here is really weird. I'm so used to hearing it with lyrics and such. Like with the, the music part they add later. Okay, well, in that case, Ruthless Aggression cover. Uh, what, what does that sound like? Uh, you, you know you're putting me on the spot here. Like, <laughs> I, I kept thinking it in my head as I watched it the other day, but now I'm on the spot. Uh, okay, I'll do it. Move aside. I, Move aside, I'm, bucko. I, no, no, no. Just give me the beginning of the music, and I'll do it. Okay. <laughs> I, 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 
I always thought the song said, I'm sick of all these people talking with their heads. Like, <laughs> as to impose, like, in, to imply that Batista's an idiot. <laughs> I never understood a darn thing that they said. <laughs> oh, something I should mention now that you censored yourself. Uh, whenever Big Show and Paul <laughs> are uh, having their first little promo in the beginning, um, and backstage, Big Show censors himself from saying "bitch." Remember that? Does he? No, I didn't catch yeah, that. Yeah, he does. He goes, I, think, I can't remember word for word. I did not write it down, but it's something like, "That dirty son of a." You better tell me that he's gonna be out there or not, you know, or something <laughs> like that. It was, it was really kind of weird. Big Show, oh, no. man. I think Big Show. You know, I know we blocked us. I know we got beef with the show. But I think whenever he's intimidating, at his worst, uh, like, as in heel worst, not like, you know, annoying worst, he can be really good, but he just has these awkward moments where he's supposed to be, like, you know, up to 11, kind of, like, angry, but it just doesn't seem it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or he's supposed to be, like, constantly boiled over with rage, like, Brock Lesnar, watch my title, he can suck my wiener! But, like, <laughs> he just doesn't have that energy. He just He's doing a little grump face, and that's it. Right. Anyways, anyways, back to, back to Katista. That's, <laughs> Kane, that's Kane and Batista if, together when they have a match. Some deviant the, art. They for call you. it. They call it. They call it the Catista Clash. Oh my gosh! <laughs> so there's lots of fire on the set when Kane comes out, which I liked. I liked that little touch. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that was cool. Though I will say, Kane just like he, he like he didn't like run to the stage to the to the ring, but he he did go a little faster than I'm used to. Yeah, like he got in and no nonsense, put his arms up and was like, "Bam!" There's the fireball. <laughs> Well, that's what happens when you only have five minutes for a segment. That's what happens when you only got three minutes. Wait a minute. Did I just hear myself say, little boys? And then the three-minute warning comes out from the stage and beats the crap out of both of them. <laughs> and then they join evolution as an alternate timeline. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> no, I, was, I don't know. I was thinking, like, alternate world evolution. It's like three-minute warning, Snitsky and Eugene. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why it took them so long to do it, but they eventually did it. Evolution is missing. That, that's a long term booking. Got Jamal and Eugene. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Anyway. So, back and I, forth. I, I will say uh, another side tangent. I'm sorry. I, I'm getting big Batista notes. It's been a while since I've seen Batista in the ring, especially it's like. Been but uh, I'm, I'm not used to seeing him with hair anymore. It is really jarring. It's yeah, like, thinking it's he's strange. wearing like a wig or something, but no, his hair is so black too. I but like anyway, him with it, hair. Yeah, I like him with he, hair. Yeah, oh, pretty cool. It's almost like they're two different people. Like the Batista you see like now, it's like give me what I want. And yeah. this is just because it's, it's like he's in his like early or what 30s right now like he's mm -hmm. not as like young as other wrestlers are typically when they debut but he's not old so it's weird to see him looking like you know he's like 30 something so he doesn't look like super super young but like compared to him now it's like still very very different it's just very weird he looks more grizzled now yeah a shell of his former self I won't say a shell. He's 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 uh he's evolved. He's had himself a evolution. 
<laughs> so yeah, back and forth with lots of big meat I, man clothes. I'm surprised they kept his nipples. What? What? This is bef- this is before uh, he lost his nipples. Shut up! <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Yes, I if, you, if you've not seen that WrestleMania poster, folks, <laughs> WrestleMania newest WrestleMania poster. For some reason, they found it appropriate to censor Batista's big nipples. Big days, Hi, Cobra. Big, big nips. Yeah, that's my cat, Cobra, making a Ruthless Aggression podcast podcast appearance. Oh, heck yeah. Debut, I think. He wants food. He's fat. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's so loud. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Ruthless folks. <laughs> Ruthless Aggression podcast feeding my cat. Well, why, why don't we take a break? We'll be right back after this break. We got to feed the cat. It's Some uh, girl push up. <laughs> Damn! It's your friendly Australian power here, Josh Robinson from the Wrestling Reverb podcast. You can join me and my co host, Kevin Carroll, every week on Wrestling Reverb where we talk all things pro wrestling. You can listen to Wrestling Reverb anywhere you listen to podcasts, including iTunes, Spotify, and Anchor. Hi, this is Britney Spears wishing you a happy Pepsi Blue Christmas. So you think Santa will like these red and green M&M's? I don't know. I never met the guy. <laughs> he does exist. They do exist. Oh. Uh, Santa? Buy it now for the holidays on DVD and video. Practice podcast, practice podcast, doing the noises that we do on the show, doing the noise we do on the show, boo or goo, coming up soon, you don't know what to do. So if you like those types of shenanigans, but you need to listen to my show with that guy over there. Alex, and that guy over there. Jake, it's my show with Alex and Jake, the flagship show of the Red Arrow Network, everywhere podcasts are available. Hey, big hey, guys. Hey, it's Stoke Coach Steve Austin here for Frisky's Cat Food. You know, one thing I like is the indoor meaty bits. Got the sausage seafood bait. No. <laughs> <laughs>
Wash it down with the broken skull IPA. It's the best meal you can have. Cut us back Ruthless in. This is Aggression Podcast. Back at you with another helping of wrestling goodness. Jabronis back against the ball because we're ready to throw elbows. There you go. WWE Live. The moments are waiting. WWE Live. You will see Bray Wyatt. No! No! <laughs> Can I just say, <laughs> um, going back to our episode from Vengeance where they had the guy from The Young and the Restless like randomly oh, on pay-per-view. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Do you yeah. think do you think that was foreshadowing? Just all the Al Wilson drama? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. It was like we got to see how people respond to soap operas. Okay, they they cheered the guy pretty good. They said, "Oh, he likes to get with ladies. Let's make a <laughs> character like that. Let's call up Tori Wilson's dad. Wouldn't that be funny?" <laughs> hey, maybe I could try some of that ancestral stuff. Who knows? Uh, did, you, did you ever see that backstage video? Like, it was a WWE.com where it was like supposed to be like, oh, a day, you know, in the production of WWE. And it had like a lot of weird, never before seen, like behind the scenes stuff with like Vince from like a year or two ago <laughs> around WrestleMania time. And uh, they're going over like kind of like a funny bit or something he was, he was wanting to do. And uh, he said, like, yeah, that'll make the, uh, that'll make the, the, the young people, uh, LOL, as they say. <laughs> no. And, and everybody was laughing with him all awkward. And he went, laugh, damn it. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No. None of that That exists. didn't happen? Oh, my gosh. No, that would be so amazing. <laughs> that would be the best. Oh, oh my, darn you. My, my darling wife, Crystal, has returned. Crystal, do you have surprises? <gasps> so She has surprises. Pringles. I want some Pringles. Peeps, I want some peeps. A diet tell, soda, I want a diet soda. Tell Crystal to say ruthless aggression. Oh, we had pizza a couple of days ago. I was being fine. serious, Goopy. Crystal, s- say ruthless aggression. Ruthless aggression. There you go. That's the most <laughs> hardcore ruthless aggression you could ever get. Back to Kane versus Batista, or maybe not back, but here we are. So we get lots of fire on the set when Kane comes out. And uh, just lots of back and forth with lots of big meat man clotheslines. Just two two hosses, I guess you could say. Batista knocks Kane. I was going to say big, filthy hosses. (laughs) Batista knocks Kane down and Kane rises up, so on and so forth. Rick is just yelling outside, and that alone is worth the price of admission. I know. I gotta say, Rick Flair's standout in this pay per view. He is a gem. <laughs> I loved him. He's just I, I, over I the top. At, I love him at like his high energy, over the top craziness. It's the best. Listen, Daddy, you're an orphan. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, 
Kane tries to work over Batista with punches mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. and a clothesline, but ultimately he gets uh, sent outside by Batista. Uh, Batista tries to grab him from the inside of the ring, but Kane denies it. On the outside, Rip tries to attack him, but ultimately Kane is unfazed by his punches and whatnot. He's just punching him with like no reaction. Yeah, because he's, he's a big old demon. This buys time for Batista to attack him. Uh, Kane goes for a big red lariat, but misses initially. Yeah, yeah. This buys time for Batista to attempt a Batista bomb. Or I guess at this point it's the sit-out power bomb, but who cares? I, I still I love the Batista bomb. <laughs> it's awesome. It, it looks like so like, boom! It, it's a true finisher. But yeah. like he botches. He botches almost dropping Kane on his neck. It didn't seem like that to me. It seemed more like he was about to go for it, and Kane kind of like shifted momentum and like reversed it. Like you could, you could. That's how I viewed it, anyways. Kane landed on his head. I'll say that. Well, Kane is a demon, so it probably didn't even hurt him. So <laughs> Kane, he's not a real demon. <laughs> Kane's not a real demon. <laughs> That'd be funny. It's like, you know, they just cut themselves when they bleed. They're not actually hitting each other. You know, Kate's really not a demon. Oh, my gosh. Well, then they do this weird spot where Rick distracts the referee, and Kane hits a low blow on Batista. And then he straight away goes for the big red lariat again, but he connects. It's just, it's it's awkward. Yeah. Uh, another awkward spot. Kane tries to pin Batista, but Rick distracts the referee, so it just kind of gets messed up. Uh, hard to explain, but uh, Batista goes for an Irish whip, and uh, Kane reverses into a choke slam. As soon as this happens, Rick interferes, but doesn't connect any on Kane, so the match is still intact. This buys time for Batista to hit his sit-out powerbomb and get the victory. Batista wins. What'd you think about the match? Sorry, I was chomping on Pringles. What did you say? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but no, actually, uh, I actually quite liked it. Like when I saw like it was going to be Kane versus Batista, you know, I was like, oh, a big man match. It's one of those things where you're just kind of like, you know how it's going to go. It's either going to be a lot of like, oh, look, I got you with the kick. I'm going to slam you. The end. But no, it was actually pretty, pretty fun. I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, I mean, it wasn't like, you know, 10 out of 10, the best match in the world, but it was it was cool, you know, seeing little rookie Batista. It's like you, you get the, the sense that he is one of those guys who is, like, new, and he's, like, genuinely trying. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. Like, he, he's hungry. He's reaching for that brass ring. <sighs> and uh, this is fun. Batista looks strong, and <laughs> you know it's just the beginning. I thought it was just okay. Because, um, first of all, screw Kyle. Screw, oh. screw the big K. Um, no, I'm just playing. Uh, a few botches here and there. Uh, it was short. Uh, but it had, it had some fun moments. Uh, not enough for me to say, that, oh, thumbs up. That was good. But uh, thumbs in the middle. It wasn't bad, but it wasn't good. Fair enough. I mean, to me, it had, like botches but they're like forgivable like if I can explain them in my head in a way that somebody who's not super into wrestling would understand and probably say okay I get that then I don't really care you know what I'm saying sure yeah yeah, yeah. 
Like I, I would show this to like a casual person. Like, oh, that's fun. Two big yeah. dudes hitting each other. Yeah, like that, Crystal, she watched it. She liked it. And then Finn Balor comes out and says, Crystal, I love you. <laughs> that's so funny. Like she, she's so, she, she, she has a, a big uh, crush on Finn Balor and Cody Rhodes. Like those are her guys. <laughs> and then well, she has like, she has like several like passive ones too. Like just, she thinks they're kind of cool, you know? Well, who's your wrestler crush? Mine's Snitsky. He's hot. Um, <laughs> not to spoil anything, I know I already gushed about him enough, but uh, I, gotta, I gotta give it to A Train. <laughs> so, uh, that hairy body, the hairy back drives me wild. I think I'm gonna edit A Train onto a Tiger Beat poster. That's that's happening. But, yeah, but like, but like A Train and Yellow Teeth Snitsky, and um, I don't know. Take like this freaking, A train that, quiz. That one legged that one that one legged guy, Zach Gowan. Yeah. All, all on a tiger beat cover. <laughs> oh my gosh. This is wonderful and stupid at the same time. Um so we got backstage to Kurt Angle and he's looking <laughs> is that, around. Okay, is that Gowan? It'll, have, it'll say like one leg all hunk or something like that. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you just you pull out the poster like in the magazine. It just has this one leg. <laughs> 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 so um, backstage to Kurt Angle. He's looking around. He approaches Funaki. Smackdown's number one announcer. And he asks where Brock Lesnar's dressing room is and they show it to him. The end. And he goes, cool. I was wondering where that was. Anyways, who wants some nachos? And he walks off. <laughs> so let's get to the raw meat potatoes here, okay? Yep. John Cena comes out and cuts a freestyle rap. The old theme of his. It sounds like stock music. Yeah, it sounds like generic music from SmackDown. Here comes the pain. Yes. Oh, man. I can't wait until his freaking... Basic thugonomics. Basic thugonomics. I love that song. That's honestly probably one of my favorite themes. I'm not gonna lie. I would listen to that song just like on my own. Like, it, yeah, it's it's on my Spotify play- playlist. <laughs> Whether I'm fighting or spitting, my discipline is unforgiving. Got you backing down in a defensive position. Ask anthem. Heavyweight champ. Hold cans for brains. Microphone fan. I know a lot of that. Sounds song. like Scott Steiner. <laughs> yeah, Scott Steiner. It was originally his theme, but he was like, I don't like rapping all the damn time. <laughs> it's like Scott, you don't have to do it every time you, you come out. You have to out. do it once. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I, I've uh, transcribed it here. So I'm, I'm gonna give this uh, the old rookie go. Okay. <clears throat> yes. Surprise! We're right here before your eyes. All you women want me. I'm the envy of all you guys. That's because you will die on flipping burgers and serving fries. You girls with us, I'm about to find her bra size. (laughs) It's a new era, a new message that we're sending. It starts tonight, right here at Armageddon. No sweating, I don't care who I tick off. From Stephanie McMahon straight over to Eric Bischoff. We never soft, we never leave a man standing. You either deal with me or with Bling Bling Buchanan. We're the man, son, and we attacking this arrangement. The new centerpiece of World Wrestling Entertainment. And for all you foes who think you can throw blows, y'all end up like Marsha Brady saying, oh my nose, and I'm out. So lame. You'll end up like Wario and Mario Party 
uh, cut line saying, oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. So, to bigger and better things. um, Oh, well, first, how would you rate that rap, Kyle? Thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs in the middle. (laughs) Uh, I don't know. Like, I guess thumbs up for his intended purpose just to make me hate John Cena. Cause yeah. like I love I love to hate this John Cena. I can't. It's hard to say like I hate him, but oh, it's worth noting. Uh, uh, warning to uh, listeners. I'm about to say an offensive word, but um, it's worth noting that John Cena uh, implied that Rikishi was by using this word uh, re- straight retarded. Oh my god, that was on SmackDown. <laughs> oh my god. is a thing to say on a bright Hawaiian Christmas day. That's the island greeting that we send to you from the land where palm trees sway. Here we know that Christmas will be green and bright, the sun to shine by day and all the stars at night. Melikalikimaka is Hawaii's way to say Merry Christmas to you. Uh, so up next we have Canada's greatest export, according to Jim Ross, Trish Stratus versus Victoria versus Jacqueline for the Women's Championship. Yay. <laughs> A.K.A. this is all kind of random. Yeah, it's really weird. So, Kyle, if I could, um, I'll, I'll set this up by uh, by uh, setting up how we got here. But uh, I, I need you to quote Jacqueline, and I think you'll you'll remember what I'm saying. Jacqueline. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, pretty much, Jacqueline, her inclusion here is kind of random. Uh, she beat Victoria clean in Dallas, Texas, on Raw. With, and the only way they set that up was. Uh, you know, Jacqueline, she's from Dallas, so I guess they thought it would be good to put her in there. But uh, Victoria was rummaging through her, her locker, and she's like, what the heck you doing? And uh, <laughs> she's like, uh, whatever I want. And uh, Jacqueline proceeds to call her, and Kyle, if I can get your help on this, if you remember. I like I remember, but like, I didn't put much brain power to this, to this whole part. <laughs> to be like, to be completely honest with you, I really didn't care about this match. <laughs> she calls her a psycho B. Okay. Oh yeah, I really like you, psycho bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I really Big that. pop. That's <laughs> funny. So yeah, Trish and Victoria. It's pretty much tandem out. They're continuing their feud, but now mm-hmm. Jacqueline's here. Okay. Cause Texas. So Victoria debuts on the on the podcast. All the things she said. It's it's edited on the network, but uh, it's it's there. You remember Wait, like, that song? I was about to say like Victoria's playing that song. That that song. Yeah. I did not know she used that theme. Really? I had no idea. I mean, WWE really loved licensed music around this time, didn't they? Yeah, and it's very evident when you watch the shows. Like. Huh, that's edited over. <laughs> I, I hate that too because I think that added like a lot of like style to these kind of like 
early 2000s pay-per-view. Like, it made it feel very of the era, but, like, I don't know, in a good way. You know? No, I agree. I agree. And I feel like it kind of takes away from that. That's lame. All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a ruthless cover. All the things she said. All right. Here uh-huh. we go. All the things she said, all the things she said, right through my head, right through my head, all the things she said, this is not enough, not uh-huh. enough. Uh-huh. I'm all mixed up in the corner and rush, they say it's my fault, but I know it's just out of my way, where it's just you and me. They were kind of okay. weird, okay? Tattoo, you mean? That's the band's <laughs> name. I remember the name. T-A-T-U. I remember seeing it, and I was like, this song sucks. I remember it was like sixth grade, and I was like, I don't like this song. It's kind of sucky. But like all the guys in school were like, it's hot because they're like, break it out. Isn't that cool? Oh, my gosh. It was controversial. Controversial. Like, uh, I remember uh, my sister got that CD for her birthday, and Mm -hmm. uh, she ended up returning it to Walmart because she's like, Pretty much, they just, you know, they want to make out with each other and go to a different planet. <laughs> so that's weird. I can't listen to it. <laughs> so uh, she traded it for a uh, uh, Toby Keith uh, dog unleashed, so she could. Uh, <laughs> hey, Uncle Sam, put your name. <laughs> God, what a straight up right there. Oh, I hate Toby Keith, man. She didn't do it. I'm just playing. But <laughs> oh, thank God. She did return it. Oh, that's that is not a rib. Oh man, she gets so mad. She's gonna be so mad when she hears this. <laughs> Here's that she hates I Toby hate, Keith. I hate Toby Keith so much. She's like, oh crap, 9/11 happened. What can I do to be cool? Hey, How can I make terrorists are bad. Yeah. I will say, um, whenever I get an Ford automobile, I do think of his uh, commercial. Hey, I'm a Ford, Ford truck man. man. That's all that Yeah. Waking up. My parents have the news on. Just waiting to go catch the bus. And just hear freaking Toby Keith. This stupid cowboy hat. God, I hate him. Oh my gosh. Tobothy Keith. Anyway. This is Keith Cast. Toby Keith hits. So, um, Victoria runs to the ring and immediately squares up with Jacqueline. Jacqueline throws her out, so it's uh, Trish and her to start. So it's like classic, uh, let's get someone out of here. It's a triple threat match, one-on-one. That immediately told me that this match was going to be a little convoluted. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, where was I? You were at the part where they were uh, all saying, you bats, and slapping each other. So Trish throws uh, uh, Jacqueline over, and she tries to skin the cat, but Victoria intervenes and throws Jacqueline off the apron. Victoria does her over-the-top rope leg drop, which I like, and then Jacqueline attacks her. Jacqueline doesn't... Excuse me. Jacqueline does an awesome leg sweep in the match, followed up by a rollover clothesline. Jacqueline can go, man. I'm yeah, she's not, she's not bad. Not bad. She's a terrible actress, but she's <laughs> oh, very yeah, talented. Yeah, she's very talented I, in the ring. I think I think we said this last time. This is the point where it was like, as far as match quality goes, this is when they started to introduce like more like fitness model types and like divas, but you still had like remnants of like actual women <laughs> wrestlers, you mm-hmm. know. 
Trish goes for stratisfaction, but is caught by the two ladies, and they slam her down. And they say, go and get! <laughs> Victoria hits a superplex on Trish, to which Jacqueline tries to take advantage of and get the pin. But... Ooh, I wish I wish Jack could take advantage of me sometimes. You heard us, right, Jezebel? The match awkwardly ends when Trish hits a clothesline on Jackie, and she goes for the pin, but the referee can't see Victoria hit Trish with the belt. Uh, so Trish gets taken out, and instead of pinning Trish, Victoria pins Jacqueline for the win. <gasps> So Jacqueline oh is done in by a clothesline. Uh, yeah, so very, strange. Very odd finish. Like I actually had to kind of rewind it. I was like, "What the heck happened?" Because uh, I I did too. This, yeah, it's so strange. But uh, I will say, I think it's funny at the end where Victoria walks away with Trisha's hat. <laughs> that was funny. Yeah, it's becoming her staple. She's like, I'm crazy. <laughs> I, I do wish there was more build to this. Uh, include or uh, want more lines that stack up with the pretty little puppies. Oh, I'm glad you said that because <gasps> that, <gasps> that, <laughs> that happened on Raw. Uh, so um, everybody started chanting, "Pretty little puppies, pretty little puppies." <laughs> Listen, I know that uh, I know that you guys are wondering where the testicles are at. Okay, <laughs> so uh, yeah, where was Stacy Keebler this prepared? <laughs> Where was Stacy? Where was uh... she's she's perfecting her Stacy Cobbler recipe? <laughs> oh my gosh! Okay, hold on. Give me one second to find it. Uh... Stacy Keebler's gonna get you. I tell you, I had, I had a dream that Stacy Keebler uh, knocked on my front door, and I was like, "Hey, you're you're a WWE uh, former diva superstar." Uh, Stacy Keebler, and she starts going, <laughs> and started like convulsing. No, I, I, don't, I, I don't remember that one. Okay, so um, so what if, what if Vince did change her gimmick? Like she's now Stacy Cobbler, and she's like, "I'm a baker with, uh, I'm a baker with attitude. I'm gonna fight you." What if the Undertaker became a chef and became the Underbaker? <laughs> Rest in pickles. I don't know. <laughs> God, <laughs> so, you don't bake pickles. So on the November. <laughs> The November 25th, 2002 episode of Raw. Uh, Stacy and Tester are hanging out. Uh, Tester wins a match, and Stacy says uh, uh, she knew that he would win with his testicles behind him. And then he turns and goes, Stacy, we get the joke! It's like you're saying balls! <laughs> <laughs> he says at first he was skeptical about the whole name, but now he loves his testicles! And they just make out on camera. It's really awkward. It goes on for like 15 minutes, and they're like grab ass them too. No, you're not wrong. <laughs> Tess, really? he, well, Tess really? walks out of frame, and a hand pulls really? Victoria by her mouth, kind of like in uh, Total Carnage, where they pull the news anchor away. Um, <laughs> and she's like, "It's uh, a random reference." Victoria says, "You didn't think I forgot about you, did you?" Maybe while I'm out there with Trish tonight, I'll be thinking about you with your pretty, pretty hair and your long, long hair. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. She goes, but for me, 
For me, I love you for something else. Something only you can give me. She licks her and says, The taste of fear. So there you go. She did kind of say it. Lock, lock, legs. I just want to, I want to make like a, a, a car, a creative wrestler, if you will, of Stacey Keebler and just give her like outlandishly long legs. <laughs> legs. We should make a creepy pasta talking about her <laughs> long legs. She strangles you. Just like a giant Slender Man type person. So moving forward, we cut backstage to Brock Lesnar talking to Kurt Angle in uh, his locker room. Uh, do you want to take this one? Uh, doesn't Kurt just go, hey, Brock, if you come help me at stage uh, to reverse this big show, I'll give you this whole can of SpaghettiOs. <laughs> and then Brock grabs it, and he goes, Kurt, this doesn't even have any meatballs in it. And he throws it to the ground and walks off. <laughs> what a heel move. It's <laughs> worse than Eric Bischoff not filling the community golden grams. <laughs> <laughs> No, but uh, I don't remember too much of it other than just like, like I said, the backstage segments of this pay-per-view were nothing to write home about. There's nothing like particularly cringy or funny or standout-ish about any of them. It was just, hey, you, you should help me. Maybe. Hey, you, I don't, I don't want this guy. Maybe, you know. <laughs> right. So you probably, you might remember it more than I do. That's because I wrote it down, daddy. But you're not you're not you're not wrong. It's Kurt's like yeah. My my notes go to Brock and Kurt backstage. <laughs> That's <laughs> but, it. But you know um, you're not you're not wrong. Um, you're not far off. Uh, Kurt just has this VHS tape and he says, "I know it's hard to talk about, and it still stings, but it's Survivor Series. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. You almost had him beat. Uh, you had him up in the air for the F five. You almost had him. Uh, but I'll tell you what." If you're in my corner tonight, you'll be 20 feet away from Paul Heyman. And um, Brock says he doesn't know if Kurt exactly helped him to lift his suspension, but uh, he won't regret it. And Kurt says, well, what does that mean? You're going to be in my corner tonight? And Brock says, he won't regret it. And his Brock Lesnar boy voice. Yeah, and then he says, no, I'll be in your hotel room. Then he gives him a little wink and walks off. And then it's just like the whole... Uh, Trish Stratus, or not Trish Stratus, this whole like the Tori Wilson and Don Marie video, but it's Brock in the robe instead. <laughs> hey, Kurt. I'm glad you showed up. Uh, you want some strawberries? Uh, oh my god. Yeah, then he, he shows him the video and like it does like a big hard zoom in of the video and then it pans out and Brock's just like shaking his head like duh, duh. I love how like everybody who is a there's like no wrestler ever who could just stand like facing a TV. It's like they always have to be like <laughs> at an angle. I imagine just like going backstage and just like all a bunch of wrestlers are watching a movie and they're just like sitting sideways to the screen looking over their shoulder at it. <laughs> I like right. watching movies, but man, my neck hurts. I just turn your body towards the screen. Wait, wait, what? <laughs> you can do that? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like you're in the ring. Remember whenever they had the guy's giant face appear and you want to talk to that? Oh, wow. I didn't know that worked on small screens. Oh, my gosh. Christmas without you. I'll be so blue. Just taking 
So up next we have Kurt Angle. Uh, I'm, I'm oh, I should say, um, they play they play the hype package for this um, with Kurt and you know Big Show and Big Show like it's like you know the build. It's like a bunch of number one contenders four ways, and you know Big Show's hurting on Kurt, and Kurt's like, I'm gonna get your belt, boy. And uh, whenever it shows Big Show choke slamming uh, like Kurt. Every time it did it, it played like this laser noise. You remember that? Yeah. They kept playing it back to back, like choke slam, choke slam, choke slam, choke slam. Fastly, fastly. And, and every time it was like, like this weird sci-fi laser freaking sounds. I guess Big Show is debuting his laser choke slam tonight, so watch out. That's why he's the perfect fit for ECW on sci-fi. There People you didn't go. catch that. It's like, I'm gonna get you that. I'm gonna fight you, ECW zombie, with my laser choke slam. So, how did we get here? Kurt Angle how versus did Big we Show. Get here? This is a big one. Um, <laughs> uh, this is a pretty big show we're getting into. So, Brock Lesnar is well, furious. He's furious because he was screwed not only out of his manager, who he grew to trust, but his. WWE title and uh, he's going like he's just running rough shot like backstage and everything one Matt Hardy approaches him and he's like you know Brock it's terrible how Paul turned on you like that but if you had just a few more of my attributes and just a little more matitude <laughs> then maybe you wouldn't have had such an unfortunate twist of fate which Brock uh, promptly... Then, then all of a sudden, it just like, it plays, oh, yeah! <laughs> like, every time he says that, twist of fate, it has to play it afterwards. Yep. Brock throws him through a freaking wall. I watched this. <laughs> it was crazy. And uh, Eddie, Eddie and uh, Chavo perpetuate a lot of fear in Stephanie. They're like, Who, who's he going to take out next? <laughs> and uh, well, I, I will say real quick, sorry to cut you off again, but I'll say Eddie Guerrero... Like whenever he's talking to uh, Stephanie, he's doing like his thing. He he does a lot in WC, or WWE, where you know he really hypes up the whole like Latino thing. Where he's like, "Hey, I'm just loco, man." He's like, you know, like <laughs> yeah. he's talking, and it's really jarring because I went back and watched like so I was like just bored and I watched like some old WCW match thing. Because uh, I wanted to see like the old WCW cruiserweight stuff, mm-hmm. and Eddie Guerrero comes out and he's like, "You know, I'm fighting these guys and it's great." And I'm like, "Whoa, weird! <laughs> You're not constantly <laughs> it's like more normal." Going, hey man, that's it. Come on, we like you. Still. <laughs> uh, so Eddie asked the question, you know, do you really think that Brock Lesnar is going to listen to a woman this say? He asked a question, hey, uh, are you a virgin? <laughs> Sorry. Oh my I feel like God. that's going to be like one of our most called back freaking things. But anyways, anyways. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to ask, Holmes, are you a virgin? <laughs> so, um, uh, Brock's approached by Stephanie and she says, uh, I, I can't have you putting the superstars of SmackDown in jeopardy. Uh, and I know I didn't give you the first title shot. I gave that to Edge. And uh, you're going to get a rematch, just not tonight. Uh, 
And you know what? You're a freaking crazy man because you could have punctured a lung with your broken ribs, okay? So you can't lay a hand on Paul or Paul White <laughs> or any other person because if you do, then you're suspended. So guess what happens? Brock lays a hand on the Big Show. He walks over to Big Show and he's like, sure, I'm not going to beat you up. But I want to make sure she's true to her word. And he just like tenderly caresses his face and his hands. And then Stephanie comes out. Brock, I told you. It's very awkward. So I got to say, um, <laughs> gosh. What? <laughs> um, uh, ripping those farts is what you're talking about. <laughs> uh, I, I want to talk about this promo with uh, Paul Heyman. He comes out. Yeah. Um, he wears the title. He's mimicking Brock Lesnar's entrance. Oh, yeah, that's funny. But Paul cuts a pretty good promo, and he says, uh, he, he harps on about how, you know, once in a lifetime, a talent with the it factor comes along. Uh, but he has to give credit where credit is due. So he acknowledges that, like, Brock Lesnar is, you know, this all-around great talent. But uh, he runs down, like, at each turn, every big moment in Lesnar's career in WWE. He was there to guide him to success. But, but eventually the monster didn't want to listen to Dr. Frankenstein anymore. And credit to Heyman for accurately using the Frankenstein analogy. Uh, he had to show Lesnar who was boss. That the key to success weren't only his physical attributes, but Heyman's mind. He takes full credit for Big Show, his new client, his 7-foot client, his 500-pound client, for bringing him the world title. So it's almost as if Paul Heyman is becoming the, the centerpiece more than Big Show. And Big Show's just kind of cool with it. He comes out in the brownest suit you ever saw. and he yep, wants to, big, big brown show. <laughs> he wants to thank Brock Lesnar. Uh, for giving him the opportunity to wrestle him for <laughs> is, is this where he like he runs away from like oh, yes yes I love that that's one of our more popular social media posts where he just slowly runs away from Brock Lesnar it's like he's like oh he's not running oh, yes oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but he he thinks Brock Lesnar because uh, quite frankly he hasn't been on pay per view since July so there you go. <laughs> But but Brock gets suspended as a result uh, because Stephanie is the boss lady around there. And uh, I just, uh, before we get talking about the match, I want to tell you about uh, blueapron.com. Um, <laughs> no, but uh, Big Show, he gets put in a match with a mystery opponent. And uh, Big Show, he feels he's just getting unfairly treated. Uh, yeah. In this time, okay. Yeah, it's because he's, gonna be he's so fat. <laughs> no. Um, but yeah, Stephanie, she's having a hard time controlling all. <laughs> Gosh, she's having a hard time controlling all this going on SmackDown, and uh, she ends up yelling at uh, the fabulous Moolah who comes in and wants to talk to her. Mm -hmm. um, she's like, Stephanie, you can't be, you know, doing people like this, okay? And um, you're one to talk, you old bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're they're in uh, Columbia, South Carolina, the home of of uh, fabulous Mula. So, um, by the way, I have here in my notes. Anytime the fabulous Mula is mentioned, I write the devil. So um, the devil says, "Hold up, don't talk about my hometown like that." And Stephanie apologizes, and she says, "You know what? Tonight, why don't you compete in a match?" 
Uh, the devil will never back down from a challenge, so uh, they'll figure out the opponent later. Well, later comes, okay? And uh, you have the devil come out. Uh, she doesn't know the opponent. And you get kind of that split screen of, you know, wrestlers walking to the ring. So on one side, you have the devil. And on the other side, you have the big show. And Michael <laughs> Cole starts freaking the heck out. He goes, wait, wait a minute. Don't tell me their opponents tonight. <laughs> so the devil comes out, and to her surprise, oh, well, it's the big show. Uh, Paul, Heyman, <laughs> Paul Heyman gets on the mic. He assures the devil that she has nothing to worry about. <laughs> big show is not... Oh, the devil is not going to... He's not going to hurt her. Big Show is only there to wish her a happy Thanksgiving. Paul says, Well, then again, maybe the Big Show looks at you. Not like you're the fabulous moolah, but Brock Lesnar! And so the Big Show starts choking the devil when all of a sudden... He looks and goes, No, it's an old lady. I don't view her like that. <laughs> Lesnar attacks from behind. He, he lifts Show on the outside, gives him an F5 through a table. Uh, then Lesnar sets aside on Heyman, uh, but before he can get to him, security guards stop him. So, obviously, the story here from the hype package is, you know, Kurt is going to help him get his suspension lifted, which he does. Big dirty Curdy. <laughs> he does. And so, the question here is, will Lesnar be in Kurt's corner? Find out next time on Dragon Ball Z. So, I got to ask you, Kyle. Yes, sir. What do you think? What do you think about the Big Show's attire? I don't know if we addressed this in the last episode, but we're addressing we, it now. We did, but I want to say it again. It is terrible, and it makes him look so fat. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't want to rip on him about the weight, but like, sure. I mean, oh man, he's wearing like these big dumpy pants, and <laughs> it's like almost like they said, "Wear these pants, not tight. It'll make you look fat." But in doing so, like it just highlights his how his gut kind of hangs over it. Yeah, and then with that tight, I don't know. It's, it's called the chub and tuck. It looks like it's like a. It almost looks like he's wearing like a singlet, and then you just put pants on, you know. And it just makes his like gut stand out. He just looks really like really flabby. I will say, Big Show gets gassed really quickly into this match. He he does, but um, he he looks really powerful. I'll go I'll give him that. Like he comes off as like pretty formidable so not not body shaming by any means okay uh but i saw this video on instagram and it's called this is how this is how the solar system works and you got this mama pig laying down okay and mm -hmm. <laughs> you have the little piglets running like lightning speed around the pig and it's like the solar system that's how it works that, yeah. re that reminded me of this match, how Kurt Angle was just a million miles a minute working around Big Show. <laughs> and that's not a knock on Big Show. Big Show does well in this match. Yeah, I know. I was I was like, I was surprised. I but mean, my gosh. I know Sh Show can put out a match when he wants to, and this is a pretty good example. My gosh, Kurt. Lightning fast, like, doing the most. Loved it. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, just a few things here. Like, Kurt just immediately tries to get the Big Show off his feet, but, like, Big Show's, like, swatting him away using his brute strength. 
They and they actually like roll around on the ground like mat based. Stuff. Yeah, they're actually doing some mat stuff, and I was surprised. Like Big Show was really keeping up with them for the most part. He just like ragdolls them, and like. Um, it, it, and I was gonna say, yeah, I love it because like Kurt's trying to get him in like you know kind of like angle lock and like some other just kind of hold stuff, and he you know he's successful. Like Big Show's actually rolling with it, but then Big Show's like, I'm a seven foot giant, five hundred pounds, and he just powers out of it. So it's like ah, it's like because you already know how powerful uh, you know Kurt is, so it just makes Big Show look just twice as powerful. So it's it's some good storytelling, some good character building. So Kurt goes for a crossbody, but is caught and nailed with the final cut. Uh, one of the best Big Show finishing moves, I might add, next to the alley oop. Mm-hmm. Hello. <laughs> Show applies a bear hug, but uh, uh, it gets interrupted by Angle. He uh, he bites the Big Show to get out of it. He bites him right on the schnoz. It looks like <laughs> the good old schnoz. I was real quick. Um, something that I noticed, like this crowd being so dead and inactive, I swear I didn't hear anybody chanting "You suck" to Kurt's thing. Oh, I'm so glad you brought that up because I didn't either. Yeah, it really threw me off because I'm like, I guess you know, going into this, he's supposed to be like the good guy, and he gets some USA chants and stuff. It's like really weird because I'm like, even if he, if Kurt is the good guy, people still chant "You suck." It's just tradition, right? So it's really weird. This crowd just, ah, oh, they're so wonky. You can't not hear that song and chant, you suck. Yeah. Like, even, oh, man, speaking to the crowd, in this particular match, there's a point when, you know, they're really, like, using the, uh, kind of like the hard cam, and everybody just seems to be more interested in just seeing themselves on TV. That's a common theme in this freaking crowd. Everybody is <laughs> far more interested and seeing themselves in the freaking Titan Tron. It's so annoying. But there's this like dumpy guy who stands up in a yellow shirt and he's like, oh, oh, hi, hi. Then he starts like doing Hulk Hogan poses and stuff. And it's like, get out of here. God. It's like, I just paid $200 for this ticket. <laughs> Glad I get to be on the big TV. <laughs> <laughs> And yeah, it gets to a point where it's like, why are you here? Yeah, that's, that's honestly, everybody in this freaking building, why were you all here? The most exciting I heard was a guy in the main event who, uh, I'm sure you remember seeing him, who's like the big Triple H fan, who had like that Triple H kind of like basketball jersey, and whenever like Triple H brought Shawn Michaels outside the ring, he was like, get up, trips, get up, yeah! Oh my gosh, no. <laughs> yeah, it was funny. But anyways, crowd sucked, and next <laughs> so he hits a missile drop kick which and a moonsault really cool I gotta say but he barely hits like the moonsault <laughs> yeah the uh, moonsault left me kind of confused like I was like was that a moonsault and they tried selling it by being like oh yeah he went for the moonsault he ended up clipping up with his foot you know he, he didn't get all of it <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's like no he whipped that but freaking Kurt hits that angle slam. Looks like he's about to crap his pants. Yeah. <laughs> so he brings the straps down and uh, the ankle lock is applied. But <clears throat> show rolls slowly out and goes for a choke slam. Angle somehow counters that into an ankle lock. Big show powers out and angle takes out the official inadvertently. And so, that guy, that guy is just like 
<laughs> there's some times when like a ref gets knocked out and they try selling it by being like ow oh i'm in a lot of pain ow but that guy did like the whole like i'm dead kind of ref thing so <laughs> i don't know i i always hate when they just act like they're dead like in the video knocked... games they just sprawl out flat <laughs> yeah he just got knocked over at the very least he could just scrap the back of your head and roll around and be like ah mother ah you know right I guess that's Vince telling him to sell how powerful the WWE superstars are. The WWE superstars, they kill referees. <laughs> <laughs> like every referee was in that class action lawsuit for brain damage. Oh my god. <laughs> that one would make more sense. That, that one they'd actually have a actually have a case. Yeah, it's like, how many times we get ducked over and are out for a long time? That means there's major brain damage. <laughs> Uh, so, Shades of Survivor Series, Heyman throws the chair in the ring, but Kurt's able to use it first. No, he and, throws the he throws the Shades of Survivor Series. He throws the Chaos Emeralds into the ring. Oh yeah, the <laughs> yeah. You gotta keep you gotta keep the continuity going. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, Eggman helping out Knuckles, <laughs> of course. Uh, but uh, uh, Big Show, he like punches the chair away. I I always love that when he does that i think we saw that last time i mean it's we a did. common it's a common big show spot but every time he does it i can't help but love it it just looks cool we did he did he does that and then gets hit right in the head <laughs> yeah like he punches it away and then kurt uses the momentum to uh, for a backswing and cracks him in the head and it's like Ooh. at what point are you going to smarten up and hit the spagingo i know right good gosh big show because it, uh, I think I heard in a dirt sheet that uh, Vince blocked him from doing Spagingo because he knew he'd end up breaking a guy in half. <laughs> like, you're too big for the Spagingo. I know I can do it. No. You already got the Chaos Emeralds. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he covers show, but he kicks out because the referee gets hit again. So uh, the ankle lock is in. Show is tapping, but there's no referee to be found. And got... <laughs> I'm used to seeing like I'm used to seeing normal sized dudes in the ang- in the angle lock. So seeing Big Show, like you realize like just how freaking massive his feet are. Right. Because like Kurt's not a small guy, you know, like no, he's shorter. But, but Big Show's a seven foot tall giant. No. <laughs> so the A train runs out. He hits Kurt with the backbreaker before running out through the crowd. And everybody's like, "Ew, gross! Don't touch him." Big Show connects with the choke slam, but uh, Brock Lesnar is here. Brock Lesnar. He hits the F5, and um, this buys time for Kurt to slowly crawl over to the Big Show and cover him to become the new WWE champion. Uh, whenever, whenever um, he did that, and then he went to go for Paul, and Paul ran off, and Brock was staring at him from the ring for a second. <laughs> Brock just mouths like, "You mother." <laughs> so it's always funny. It's one thing. It's like a game I always play. Is like read the wrestler's lips to see if they're swearing. That's always funny. I miss that, but I remember you telling me about that. <laughs> I liked this match. Mm-hmm. I give it a thumbs up. And, oh yeah, uh, yeah, definitely thumbs up. It surprised me, honestly. Just like oh, Big Show versus Kurt Angle. I was just thinking like Big Show versus Brock last time, and how it was kind of just like you know, all right. I gotta ask, how how would you measure uh, the Big Show's illustrious WWE Championship run here? Like, how does it stack up against like CM Punk's 434 day reign? I mean, it's no, it is no, <laughs> no, uh, no contest. Big Show's illustrious month long reign has been the most dominant in history. He did more in that month than many did in a few years. 
I'll say. He wore the brownest of suits. Even browner. Oh, that's the thing. Shawn Michaels is on Raw wearing freaking brown suits, too. That's just the thing. It's brown suits. <laughs> I don't get it. What the heck? It, it took wrestlers a long time to learn how to wear suits. Now they can wear them pretty good. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. But yeah, thumbs up. Uh, Kurt thumbs up. is a freaking cyborg, man. I know, man. Ugh. Just makes me sad seeing him today. And like, I know. That's a different story for a different day. Maybe, I, maybe. I, yeah, I kind of, I kind of feel bad because, like, he knows. I, I, I think I saw something where somebody had uh, highlighted, like, I guess it's like a tweet or something he made where he was kind of acknowledging it, like, yeah, I know it's not the match everybody wants. I know I'm not the same person I used to be, but I've been clean for six years, so you know, to me, this is like the best moment of my life, more or less. Well, good for him. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, that's good. He's, he's wanting to, he's wanting to end. He's wanting to have his last matches old clean Kurt coming back to the we and making things right but it's just <laughs> sad because seeing him at his best like he was otherworldly good yeah but uh yeah we move on to the world where Robert Vanel Dameld is I don't know <laughs> <laughs> shut up <laughs> uh it's his name's actually Reginald Von Dingle <laughs> it's that last one we have trouble with <laughs> Uh, what 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 did he what did he say? What 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 was hap- What happened? Uh, basically they're just asking him like, oh, who do you think? Who do you think? Oh, 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 we are we are alive at the world with Rob Van Dam. Ask him who he thinks is going to win this two out of three falls between Shawn Michaels and Triple H, and he's like, hey, uh, you know, it's weird because he calls Jr. Dude. He's I like, know. Yeah, it's almost you know, as if he code you know, switches, dude. though. You know what I mean? Like he's it's, yeah. uh, he's talking normal. And he goes, uh, "Dude, dude." It's really weird. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and he's just like saying, "Like, oh yeah, because uh, Triple H. I uh, hope he gets his ace kicked. Uh, <laughs> something, something. Rob Van Dam. Bye." <laughs> But yeah, RVD was actually prominently featured on Raw leading up to this, and so yeah, it's like what what things do you get for being the number one contender and then not being the number one contender? You're eating okay. mozzarella sticks at the world, buddy. Yep. Hey, at least he's not at the uh, Planet Jupiter. Am I right? <laughs> That's fucking. It's called the World. You get it? Oh my gosh! It's WCW's <laughs> or Impact. It's their restaurant. Downtown Nashville, Jupiter. It's like we don't get it. You're closed down. You can't afford your rent. <laughs> they used to have in Nashville. They used to have a Planet Hollywood, so I guess it's kind of close. <laughs> well, now we're on to our main event of the. Oh yeah, Vernon and Matt Hardy Snitsky for the World Heavyweight Title. No. So we have a three stages of hell match between Shawn Michaels, the champion, and Triple H for the world. Heavyweight Championship. Heavyweight Championship. Thanks very much. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we are just moments away the first fall of this two-off three-fall match. King will be in a street fight. Oh, you got that right. I don't know. I got to think that that favors Triple H. And then the second fall will be inside a steel cage. Well... I don't know. I got to think that that favors Triple H, JR. And the third fall of necessary in the ladder match. Let's take you back, folks, to Survivor Series when this personal animosity escalated off the page. 
So the main event is Triple H versus Shawn Michaels. How did we get here? Uh, well, well, Shawn Michaels came out and was like, "Hey, Triple H, why you need that water when your hair's already wet?" And then he's like, "You son of a <laughs> bee! Don't you talk about my H two O habits?" Son of a bee. <laughs> Uh, well, this feud has been several months in the making now, pretty much for the longevity of the podcast, but uh, seemingly it's all culminating here. The The end is nigh. The end it's Armageddon. <laughs> would, you, would you say, the end is near. I get it now. Triple H is the helicopters and Shawn Michaels is the robot with a sword. The sword is the title. <laughs> It's all metaphor. <laughs> well, after Survivor Series, Shawn Michaels, he comes out and celebrates with his newly won world title. And uh, you know how we talked about Big Show wearing his big brown suit? His big that's, sexy brown suit, yeah. That's very extra large. Uh, Shawn Michaels is also wearing a brown suit. He has like khakis and a white shirt on. He looks, looks like, like an old man. man. It's because he got it from Big Show and then he got it tailored into his size. <laughs> well, with uh, Triple H out for a bruised trachea after Survivor Series, Shawn Michaels is, I guess, having to stall for time, talk about something else. So he's kind of contemplating retirement when he comes out and makes his speech. And he's like, should I hang it up? Should I be the guy who hangs around too long, way past his prime, that sort of thing? Uh, yeah, what a loser. Dude, he should have retired. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> He says he's always tried to be honest and transparent with the fans, and uh, truthfully, he can't do it like he used to, and that the smart, sensible thing would be to surrender the title. But he's never been a smart, sensible guy! Oh yeah, I forgot, yeah, So RVD comes out, and... Um, he's like, hey, Sean, I want to smoke this marijuana joint. He comes out and he says, he used to... Does this, this marijuana joint offend you as a Christian, Shawn Michaels? Like, everybody, everybody <laughs> uses that on Shawn Michaels now. Hey, hey, Shawn, you want to smoke cigarettes and say cuss words after school? Uh, no, I'm, I'm watching my health. Does that offend you, Shawn? <laughs> <laughs> no, he comes out and he says, Yo, RV... RVD. <laughs> <laughs> Like he says, yo, third person. yo, RVD in the house. <laughs> he says, Shawn Michaels, I used to watch you as a kid. Which is a joke because they're only five years apart. But uh, he puts that aside, congratulates Shawn Michaels on the title win, and goes on to challenge him for the title. Uh, Shawn's uh, about... I was going to say, I like RVD like, as a wrestler, as a performer, like, in shoot interviews and stuff. He's always fun to listen to. But just him when he cuts a promo on the mic, he just kind of sounds like a little awkward. You, you think... Or is it just yeah, me? no, no. no. Like, I think we've gone on record. How's it going? My name's <laughs> Rob Van Dam. It's like he's well, not we... really like speaking like a human. Sean is about to oblige. That is until Eric Bischoff comes out and stops it. He says, "Before you lose your smile again, Sean, I'm gonna have to stop you." He goes on to set up a match between <gasps> RVD, Booker T, and Chris Jericho for the number one contender spot. Sean informs Eric that there is a new sheriff in town and that things are going to change around Raw. For instance, he's not going to represent a brand that represents necrophilia or junk like that. 
And Eric says, Kyle? Oh, what's the matter, Sean? Does necrophilia offend you as a Christian? <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, uh, no, it offends he's him. Like, at yes! I... Yes, it does! And he starts screeching. I mean, it would... I'm. I would go on record to say it should offend anybody. But, yeah, for real. <laughs> I mean, that's just me, you know. Um, but Sean says uh, he'll be there next week to defend his new world championship. And that he's pulling for RVD because the fans want it. He looks at the hard camera and asks Triple H, How does it feel to be at home watching for a change? <laughs> And so RVD, he goes on to win that match next week on Raw for the world title. And we get that match. Sean goes on to face RVD, but to a no contest. The match is okay. I wouldn't say go out of your way to go see it. But that's because um, RVD technically wins by disqualification. Triple H interferes. So next week they have a match on Raw to determine the true number one contender at Armageddon. Uh, and Shawn Michaels is the special guest referee. And if Shawn does not call the match down the middle, he will be stripped of his world title. And Triple H goes on to win. So now we have Triple H as the number one contender for the World Heavyweight Championship. No, I would no. say, I would say, out of this poorly built pay per view, like the stories and all, uh, one thing, one thing I would recommend is to go back. And look, check out Ric Flair's promo. Uh, it's after a match where Triple H defeats Jeff Hardy. Um, and uh, Rick is all like, Triple, let me talk to him. Let me talk to him, Triple. Big Triple nipples. You gotta let me talk to him. Rick cuts a pretty good promo about how Shawn Michaels dethroned him as the man. You dethroned me as the man. Now he I'm said he walked. kill you. He pulls out a gun. <laughs> <laughs> and then it just cuts to black after you hear a gunshot and everybody's scared. Gosh. <laughs> he said he walked into an airport one time and someone told him Shawn Michaels was the man. So and he was prepared. Ric Flair, Shawn Michaels is the man. You're just old. <laughs> <laughs> he was perplexed at this and asked Arn Anderson about it. And Arn convinced him that uh, indeed Shawn Michaels was the man. It wasn't Ric Flair anymore. Uh... But now, present day, Triple H is the man. And he calls for Sean to pass the torch because at Armageddon, the best, not arguably, the best, Triple H. If Sean doesn't pass the torch, Triple H will kill HPK. <laughs> and Sean pretty much takes it. He, he doesn't say anything. He just walks away. And as he's walking away, Triple H says, That's right. Tuck your tail between your legs. Go home, because at Armageddon, I'm taking back my world title. And that I am now the man. In six days, the end is near. He's just like <laughs> singing the theme song. He sings it, yeah, he does. That's funny. Like, you know, it's like how he sings his own song. Like, that's <laughs> not Motorhead, that's Triple H. It's a, it's a fun fact. Fun fact. But by the end of the show, we cut to Triple H and Ric Flair leaving the arena. They're calling out Shawn Michaels, and they're convinced he's not there. So Triple H, he goes to some stranger, and he okay, says, uh, Shawn Michaels doesn't even like Cool Ranch Doritos, am I right? <laughs> <laughs> he, 
He says, hey, have you seen Shawn Michaels? But before he can finish his sentence, uh, he gets whacked with a snow shovel. Oh, it's Shawn Michaels. Burger. It's Shawn Stasiak. Back out. He's back. <laughs> I don't think I've seen him in several months. Uh, no, he, he disappeared from what I believe. He went back to Planet Stasiak. He went back to Planet Stasiak. He gives Ric Flair the sweet chin music and sends Triple H into a dumpster. He climbs to the top of a semi-truck and drops an elbow into the dumpster onto Triple H. And he asks, how's that for heart? How's that for big triple? They mistook, his humil- <laughs> they mistook his humility for weakness. And on Sunday, they're going to see that HBK is still the man around here. My humility for weakness. That sounds like that sounds like one of those crappy like yeah, I'm cool like Facebook guys. You see? Oh my! Like on, on one of those like pre like I don't know what the word is, but like one of those sponsor T-shirts. Like yeah, like the ones that pre-generated. Like, yeah. Oh my god! There is. You mistook my humility for weakness. Don't underestimate people I, born in October. I have seen people at my my job wearing that crap. There's some man who has like two of these things. One is like a no. She has three. She has three. She has a hoodie and two shirts. One that says like it's like I'll always honor my ancestors, be true to myself, whatever, whatever. And it's got like a picture of a wolf on it, cause of course. <laughs> and there's another one that has a wolf on it. That says, like, don't mistake my kindness for weakness, my whatever for whatever. And then there's another one that says, like, it's like, uh, I'm, I'm so, uh, it's like, uh, uh, s- sometimes, uh, I get into so much trouble that even the, the, the devil on my shoulder says, what the fudge are you doing now? <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. It's I love really it when they're very oddly specific. They're like, don't underestimate a Packers fan who was born in August of 1972. Yep. All right. The one I always see is like, if you ever have your job, put it in there. It's like, I'm a, I'm a, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm a, a cat, man. <laughs> it's like, I'm a Pizza Hut delivery driver. What's your superpower? You know? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Well, do said skills pay the bills? Can Shawn Michaels pull off the three stages of hell match? We'll find out right now on Dragon's Ball P. So the first fall of... Oh, wait. First do you want to run us down? Do you want to run us down the, the three falls? The three stages of heck. It's a further big, a big old street fight. Second fall. It's a cage match. Third fall. It's a ladder match to determine the best two out of three. Considering it's a ladder match at the end, you know you're going to want to get to it, so they're going to they're get to the third one. So okay. yeah, <laughs> it's, uh, it's it's a street fight. That uh, the second fall will be a cage match. Third falls ladder match hoodie. So yeah, as as the big K just mentioned, big uh, K in the morning. 
That's my Big K in the morning is boring. <laughs> Giving America the talk it needs. Big K on 108 AM. <laughs> now, I'm telling you, uh, you know, affirmative action. Uh, no. Oh my gosh. Uh, anyway, the Sorry. first fall is a street. Conservative talk radio network. <laughs> <laughs> These Mexicans are getting in here too fast. So the first fall is a street fight, <laughs> and uh, uh, yeah, things get going pretty uh, fast and furious, if you know what I mean. Was that a movie at this point? Too furious. Uh, two thousand two. Yeah, man. Everybody. It was fast and furious fever. Or was the world dominated by Gone in sixty seconds? I can't remember. I think both of those were 2001 movies. I could be wrong. We need race car movies, darn it. Mm-hmm. No. Uh, this, it's weird, like, honestly, if you showed somebody who's a big fan of The Fast and the Furious, like, the most recent one, they'd be like, how did it get to this? Where'd The Rock come from? <laughs> I know, like, why is the cars now, like, the second most important thing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like, ser- seriously, like the the whole movie, the old one was like, it's all about the cars and the bling bling. Now it's <laughs> like, hey, it's about explosions and heists and being being crazy. We need an expert. Let's get this bald guy. So the first fall is a street fight, <laughs> as aforementioned. <laughs> uh, they start brawling to the outside quickly. Sean tries to hit Triple H, but ends up hitting the trash can before pulling out a table. Ah. <gasps> Uh, I'll say a note that um, in the last pay review, Sean uh, just like borrowed McFoley's Mankind pants, but here he has his <laughs> he has his he has his classic HBK, you know, little red with little hearts on it. So it's nice to see the classic Sean gear, pre pre chaps HBK. Yeah, I feel like we're pretty close. Uh... Close to the chap generation. Yeah, so this is on its way out, seemingly. Honestly, I think it's a smart move to change up your gear like that because I oh, mean, yeah. you wear the same stuff for so long, eventually you just kind of look old. It's like the gear stays the same, but you change, so it's everybody notices. It's Hulk Hogan syndrome. <laughs> he goes for a suplex to the table, but Triple H blocks. Inside, Sean reverses Triple H suplex attempt, but eats the high knee. High oh. knee. My high knee. <laughs> Like, kiss my hiding. That's what he said before, too. Triple H wisely targets lower back, which he did at SummerSlam as well. Because the, that's been like the one of the focal points of the story, Sean, uh, being taken out at SummerSlam. So that back is still uh, very tender. Very tender. Triple H attempts a tilt world backbreaker onto an open chair, but Sean counters into one of his own. And now Sean is focusing on the back, so it's interesting to see how. That's kind of changing. Sean's mm-hmm. like, I'm going I'm to break your back. Backbreaker. That makes me think of the WCW Nitro game from PS1. <laughs> no, it's random. When I, when, I hear, when I hear people say backbreaker and powerbomb, all I can think of was backbreaker and powerbomb. <laughs> that was like the, the two sound clips from the WCW game. This is pointless. Keep moving on. Keep moving on with the fights. Don't listen to me. I'm stupid. So Sean is heading up for the Sweet Shame music. He gets the crowd all riled up. So Triple H in turn blocks it and slams Sean's knee to the mat. Dun, dun, dun. So now Triple H is going to start focusing on that and then slams his knee into the trash can. Oh. 
Triple H locks in the figure four in a nice nod to the earlier uh, evicted or ejected. Ejected. Ric Flair. Uh, by the way, Ric Flair is uh, definitely the MVP of the night. Yep. He's just uh, just uh, just very entertaining. <laughs> I love Ric Flair. Like he's being like ten times like top level animated Ric Flair, and he's not even in the matches. I know. I forgot to mention how much I loved uh, how he bumped for Earl Hebner yelling at him. Yeah, like, he just turned around and snapped at him, and Rick was like, "Wow!" <laughs> 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 So, uh, so he, started, he started bleeding then, too. <laughs> so, uh, uh, Sean gets out of the figure four, but gets hit over the head with the trash can lid. Looks really bad. They fight up to the entranceway where Triple H pulls out a barbed wire two by four. This part was really cool. But it's kind of funny to think, like, it's not like it was like, oh, there's a big, there's a big shopping cart full of extreme weapons right there. Like, he just went to the back, and it was just, like, on a craft services table. Like, hey, can I borrow this? <laughs> I'm like, okay, go ahead. I feel like that's how you know how, like, he's, like, trying to get rid of you. Because <laughs> it's like shades of the Royal Rumble 2000 with him and Cactus Jack. Yeah. He's like, I hate you. And the only way to settle it was ultimately hell in a cell. Heck in a sec. But, but now that's just a, just a throwaway pay-per-view, you know what I mean? So he pulls out the barbed wire 2 by 4 but he sees the flames near the entranceway, and uh, that crazy man, wacky old Triple H, lights he, it on fire. You know, he doesn't. He sets it to the side. He says, maybe I shouldn't use this. It, it could be a fire hazard. Come on, Sean. Let's get back at the ring, like Earl says. And then the fire alarm goes off, and the sprinkler's set, and everyone's just wet and miserable. <laughs> and JR's like, oh, 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 I can't believe this, man. I'm all soaking wet. <laughs> There's trash out here. Maybe we can, maybe we can see your puppies if she gets a little white. Well, some white t-shirts. We have some fun. Whoa. <laughs> Would you stop? Oh, gosh. Oh, she's Jezebel's. What if, what if JR, like the stipulation for this whole match, was like the only insult he could call is uh, Jezebel? Oh, Triple H with that, that flaming. What if uh, JR, in an attempt to become more hip and young, yeah, uh, they gave him like a catchphrase, one where he was like really sassy to Jerry Lawler, and uh, he's like, oh, I love Trish, and JR's like, hush puppy, <laughs> <laughs> looks at the camera and gives a little wink. It's because he's tired of hearing about him talk about hus- uh, puppies, so he's like, hush puppies. <laughs> That's so Jim Ross. So when he goes to use the the two by four, Sean kicks him and uh, uses the two by four on fire on Triple H. Nice. That was actually pretty fun. Crystal was watching it with me, and she's like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> so things go back to the ring where Triple H hits a drop toe hold onto an open chair. Ouchie! Yeah, it looked ouchies. Sean kips up, but Triple H chop blocks him. Followed by a pedigree to take the first fall. Yeah, and I was going to say, like, uh, Sean doing a great job at, like, selling that injured leg. Because when he kept up, too, he was like, owie! Sean's the best. Sean is really the best at selling. Everybody should watch him. Even if you're not a wrestler. It's like an old lady who works at a supermarket. Like, why am I watching? Look how he <laughs> simulates pain. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty cool. That's pretty, that's pretty cool, dude. 
<laughs> that RVD fella. Oh my gosh. Anyway, as the steel cage for the second fall lowers, Triple H throws a bunch of weapons to the ring. Mm-hmm. And uh, Shawn Michaels gets busted open for his troubles. So Shawn, he starts to bounce the Triple H off the cage a few times to, get, to uh, gain momentum. They rumble to the top of the cage as Ric Flair comes down to ringside. What is he doing here? He's ejected. I thought I ejected you. Then, uh... Maybe it was only for the first fall, you know? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Earl Hebner says, you're out of here for the first fall. Earl Hebner comes and it's just like choke slams Ric Flair through the ring like Undertaker. <laughs> <laughs> I immediately saw that as like WWE 2K14. Make your story. <laughs> this yes. Totally random. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, Flair stacks up four tables, two on top of two while they're there. They fall back to the ring and Ric Flair enters only to get beat down. Sean lays out both guys with a steel chair and, well, Ric Flair is bleeding. So, Sean sets up a table and Triple H lays on it. He climbs to the top of the cage and splashes him to the table to even the score. We're one to one, going to the third fall, which is the ladder match. Yay, lead airs. Ric Flair's rolled out. I gotta gotta say, real quick, Levi, before you go through with this, uh, consider uh, the consequences that going through with this match might be a little too extreme for some of our viewers. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. But I was gonna say, I really like the end of this. I like Sean crashing through the table, and like still in the remains of the table, he gets the pin. I don't know, it's just really cool. It's good visual. Good visual from Schmeichel's. You know what's a better visual? <laughs> what? You know what's a better visual? What? I hate that you made that reference. Yeah. <laughs> what a what a better visual is, is uh, Ric Flair is uh, oozing blood. Of course. There's a point when, like, uh, Sean was, you know, grating his head against the the cage, but then you could just tell Rick was getting way too into it, so it's just like Rick was just scraping his own head, and Sean's just kind of <laughs> holding on to him. It's funny. He's totally like, geez, take it easy, man. Freaking cartoon crazy <laughs> Ric Flair. Uh, Sean starts things off by suplexing Triple H onto the ladder. Good gosh. Ouchies. They continue to use the ladder as a weapon as Sean whips Triple H into one of the corners. Sean tries to splash off the ladder but misses. I was going to say, after that point, that's like when as something was going on in the crowd. This terrible garbage crowd. Got distracted by something. I heard chanting. I couldn't tell what they were saying. And, like, everybody was distracted after Sean fell off the ladder. And it's like, you freaking momos. Hey, maybe it's not that they weren't into the wrestling. It's just that they were concerned that it was Armageddon, you know? Yeah. They they, they took the, eh, Disney, serious. They're just sitting there contemplating their lives. They're like, that dumb little eight-year-old Levi, he's right. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's why, Armageddon. Are sitting, why are we sitting here watching wrestling? We're going to be dead here soon oh my god we need to do the things that we love come on everybody come on everybody hurry up so they're all there to watch the wrestling because they love it so much but like they just can't they just can't. The tension just is too real but anyway i digress and so does I. so uh sean tries to splash off the letter but he missed and land awkwardly uh triple h follows with the pedigree but can't get the belt as he's knocked outside Sean is alone as he starts to just climb the top. Sean is alone as he starts to slowly climb to the top of the ladder. Slowly. The camera wisely 
does not catch Triple H as he gets up uh, into the ring and shoves the ladder, sending Sean crashing through all those tables. I know. It's, it's sad he didn't get all four, but he still looked like he about killed himself. It still looked just terrible. <laughs> I know. Don't don't try this at home, indeed. <laughs> I separated my shoulder. Ah! Triple H climbs and pulls down the belt. We have a new world heavyweight champion. In 38 minutes, 35 seconds, it's Triple HHH. So, it's a beast, beast of a match. Mm-hmm. I, I feel in a lot of ways they tried to replicate the gruesomeness of the Hell in a Cell match. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I feel they were just kind of different. I kind of felt something was off about the match, personally. I get uh, that, I, yeah. I still give it a thumbs up. I, oh, I'm not yeah. saying I'm not saying it's bad by any means, but something was off, and uh, it just if you, if you were to tell me that this was the last match they ever had together, it it just wouldn't feel right. Yeah, I, I gotta say, like it was interesting, it was it was entertaining, but I, I think the gimmick was a little too strong, you know. Yeah, it just it's just being like a oh best two out of three, all three of them are gimmicks. It's like well, obviously now it's gonna go to the third one. And then, just like, it felt, after the first fall, like, not being, like, an Iron Man match or anything, that it just felt kind of definitive, like, oh, that was a big, hard-hitting match. It wasn't, like, technically the most crazy, but it feels like it, it could end there, and then it just keeps going, and then it The end going. is there! I think, I think, like, going from a regular match, and then suddenly, bam, boom, boom, it's now a cage match, is kind of cool. But going from cage to a ladder, I think that's a little awkward to me. Yeah, I feel you. But I mean, overall, it all worked. It was entertaining. It was. It was. It was good. I really liked it. Still. So thumbs up, presumably. Oh, yeah, definitely thumbs up. It was. It was a. It, it was. It was a fun little slice of slice of action. But it would be cool if they did have like a, like just thinking about concepts, just like going from like a, a, a regular match or just kind of like a big free for all. To a cage. It would be cool if they did like a uh, like a big battle royal or like a big like fatal four way type thing, and then whoever was left standing, it's like Laura the cage, you know? Yeah, yeah. That would be cool. That would be that would be a good concept. I'm sure it's probably been done somewhere at some point. So the reign of terror continues. Picks up back the tracks off the A train. <laughs> the A train being A for Armageddon. And that's the show. That's the show. Armageddon. You didn't die. The end. So, so what did you think about the show as a whole? Okay, well, I gotta. I, I, it's, it's, you know, it's like. It's, 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 you know. That pretty much sums Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, overall, I, I thought it was. Uh, I thought it was pretty. Um, like you, you said that. Oh man, it feels like they just threw together. Like it was like a they just didn't know what to do last minute. Not disagree. This is a masterpiece of, of lead up and booking. No. <laughs> but uh, I will say, yeah, totally. It feels like this thing was thrown together last minute. I mean, there were like missing elements and stuff. Like you know, Scott uh, Scott Steiner wasn't there. Uh, testicles weren't there. You know. <laughs> Just like things that we have really important things, right? <laughs> yeah, important things that kind of made like comparing it to the last one. 
uh, weren't there, but... I honestly wanted to see Test and Stacey Keebler in the main event. Spit-swapping makeup match. <laughs> no, I thought you were going to say, like, a, a hardcore match. <laughs> oh, God. No, but, uh... It, it was still real fun. I liked it. It had some really great stuff, like the, uh... The whole Benoit de Guerrero match, which was honestly just like pretty dang incredible and uh some good surprising matches like old uh big show and kurt angle right that that actually wasn't surprising definitely gonna check yeah. that out yeah that's actually like the, I'd, I'd say definitely it's like a hidden gem like big who's show? jim jim belushi <laughs> i'd say you know pe- people you know you give big show crap you know Especially as he's gotten older, he's gonna become like definitely one note. Like I'm a big giant boy. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say he's become deaf. He's become deaf. <laughs> but he just uh, says what? Oh, what? No, it's not a joke. I, I can't hear you. <laughs> <laughs> no, but but seriously, in, the, in that match, he really just like I don't know. I guess you know he he's basically holding the title, warming it over for Kurt to then take a a, a feud to Brock or whatever without making anybody look like a big loser except for Big Show but uh it's almost like he was like I'm gonna show that I'm worthy of this match I think he did a pretty dang good job for sure so yeah that's Armageddon join us next time as we'll be reviewing not the Royal Rumble but the Raw 10th Anniversary Awards show we actually got we actually got together in person for this it's a Brutus Aggression podcast first all of our uh, interactions have been seamlessly. It's, it's like we've been in the same room, so you're not re- going to really notice any difference. But uh, no, <laughs> you know. But enjoy it. Enjoy it for what it is. I know we're the consummate pros. We're we're amazing, but you don't want to miss this. It's going to be fun. Uh, but uh, as 2002, as we're wrapping it up, kind of, Kyle, why don't you share uh, your favorite uh, wrestling and non-wrestling memories of the year? <sighs> 2002 wrestling and non-wrestling um i remember in 2002 being in ensel school suspension because it was it was uh, okay it makes it sound like i was a delinquent but no my, my middle school i went to it was painfully easy to go and it was ridiculous it's like oh you didn't get your your homework journal signed three times you have to go to iss for the day it's like dude get out of here well there you go yeah, stupid stuff. And so I remember being in ISS uh, with a with a friend, and us basically just spending the whole period talking about uh, Mortal Kombat Deadly Alliance. Oh yeah, that was like and, brand new, pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> like around That's this time that is. That and I remember Yu-Gi-Oh being a thing, and me thinking it was stupid. Yeah, I, was, I, I, I was, never understood. I was, I was still very much a Pokemon guy. I never understood. As the... far as Rancid goes, ought to. Um, the 2002 years thing I, I personally remember from wrestling was uh, like just thinking about like my own personal memories from the year. Like what I remember from being a kid. I never got to see any pay-per-views or anything. So honestly, all this is new to me. Um, but I remember back whenever you know, Brock was feuding with Undertaker, and it was the whole, like, oh, you, you touched my wife, or whatever. Uh, I remember there was, like, a backstage segment where Undertaker was on the phone with his wife, and he was like, come on, hey, hey, hey come on, don't hang up, or something like that. Mm-hmm. And 
I remember being like, oh, weird. Undertaker can talk, you know? All right, right. And then I was like, oh, he's got a cool motorcycle. As far as pay-per-view, uh, what I remember, probably probably Undertaker and Brock's Hell in a Cell. That thing Such was a good intense. Match. That or uh, Kurt Angle and Chris Benoit from a uh, pay-per-view or two back. I can't remember how long it Unforgiven. was. Unforgiven. Unforgiven. That was an incredible match. I absolutely love that. But Brock and Taker in the cell Brock did not Taker get enough love. No, man. That's one of the best Hell in the Cells. Like, right. it, it, like it, it's... Especially, like, now, Hell in a Cell, it's just, you know, it's it's there. But that match really utilized it, you know, like, Ooh. it's just a big evil contraption. It's a weapon in itself, you know. Paul Heyman was also an MVP in that match. He was so good. For sure. Uh, for me, uh, I would say uh, favorite non-wrestling memory. Uh, just, there was a lot of things in the year that I enjoyed. I was... Um, uh, second, going into third grade, uh, and third grade was a blast. Um, I remember, uh, you're, you're gonna think I'm, I'm joking, saying bad things, but Pepsi Blue, man, it's just, it was a cool thing, and, uh, I enjoyed it. I wouldn't say it's my favorite, but I think it should get a shout out, you know? I don't know, your weird obsession with Pepsi Blue, I remember <laughs> seeing a dude drinking it, and I was like, wow, I gotta have some, and I did, and I was like, this just tastes like crap Jolly Rancher soda. <laughs> Eventually they did make Jolly Rancher soda, I think, and it just tasted like bad Pepsi Blue. <laughs> but uh, joking aside... Um, I'm not joking. Pepsi Blue sucks. I was talking about me, stupid. Fight uh, me! I liked the music uh, on the radio at the time, like a whole lot. Like, oh, music, yeah. Music in the mid uh, early to mid-2000s was really good. Oh yes, I, I agree. Never yeah. made it as a wise man. I think I think just like it was it was kind of like the last no not like specifically 2002 but just like that kind of chunk probably till about 2005 ish. That seemed like top 40 radio had a bit more variety. Mm-hmm. For sure. Now it's mostly dominated by pop. Yeah. Or just like this kind of weird clubby kind of pop. Ed. Whatever. LBD, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's when I really started getting wrestling uh, as well, and wrestling just became my favorite thing in life. Um, oh man, be- I know a big 2002 memory. Now that you mention it, uh, just Spider-Man, that movie. Oh my god. Yeah, Spider-Man, Tobey Maguire. That's that's that uh, sounds weird, but that was like one of the most satisfying kids things for me because like, uh, as far as like, I mean, like a, a memory. Cause you know, whenever you're a kid, you have that moment where you like. You go, oh man, I want a Happy Meal. Mom, can we go to McDonald's for yeah. dinner? No! You know? <laughs> you never get it. Right. I remember I was watching TV and, um, like, I didn't know they were making a Spider Man movie. Or, like, I think I did, but I had never, I hadn't seen anything from it. And I saw the trailer on TV for the first time and I was like, oh my god, that's out today. Oh, I want to oh, go see that. Uh. And then all of a sudden I hear my stepdad call to me from the living room. And it turns out he was watching, like, the same channel. And he was like, hey, you want to go see that new Spider-Man movie today? And I was like, oh, yes! <laughs> That's fun. That's fun. It, it, it blew my mind. Oh, my God. I love that movie. That's fun. I think it still holds up. I think people, I too. like... I think Tobey Maguire is the best Spider-Man, like, on, yeah, in too. theaters. Yeah, for real. Like, I, I get people who are being like, oh, well, 
you know, his Spider-Man wasn't as good because, you know, he just he didn't sound as, as confident and stuff as Peter is when he's Spider-Man. And I get that, you know, whatever. But I don't know. He just he was definitely the best Peter Parker, I'll say. And it just, I don't know, I love Tobey Maguire. I got a soft spot for him. That and Spider-Man 2, such good movies. And uh, as far as my favorite wrestling memory goes, uh, yeah, early 02 was when I really started to get into it. Mm -hmm. Uh, So um, I would say like the whole saga with The Rock and Hogan was really fun. Uh, Like, I remember uh, the NWO was announcing everything. And uh, The Rock was pretty much like fighting him off as a good guy. And they freaking ran him down in a semi truck. I was like, oh no, how will he ever come back from this? And he freaking did. And he freaking beat Hulk Hogan. <laughs> and so, like, and he turned Hulk Hogan good. I was just like, man, I love wrestling. It's, it is it is real and not uh, predetermined. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you said. No. Uh, but, but yeah, uh, and favorite match definitely would be Sean versus Sean Michaels versus Triple H. At They're gonna say Sean Sean Stacy. But um, yeah, that's that's it for the podcast. Um, you can follow Stacey us. At cast. You can follow us on Twitter at Ruthless Pod, Instagram. We've recently changed our handle to um, at Ruthless Pod, Facebook the Ruthless Aggression Podcast, and YouTube the Ruthless Aggression Podcast. Twitter is mm-hmm. definitely the best place to catch us. Uh, that's where we're Indeed. most active. You can follow Kyle at Ruthless Pod Kyle. Where at he's, uh, Ruthless Pod Kyle. Where if you want more Ruthless Aggression hot takes, there's no better place. I mean, it's not always Ruthless Aggression themed, but hey, that's It's fine. not. I, 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 on my personal Twitter, I, 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 I use it. I most, mostly, like, nine times out of ten, I'll talk about wrestling. I share a lot of... A lot of goofy tweets from folks. I uh, yeah, give my thoughts on things like current products and all that crap. But uh, unfiltered, Kyle, go and get it. Go and get. Go get. Well, well until, until next, next time, time I'm, I'm Levi. I am Kyle. The K Man, and we're rem- reminding you. Big K. <laughs> Excuse me. Big K. Big K. Like this, like the soda. Like the big, like the generic Kroger brand soda. Reminding you to stay ruthless. We did it together that time. It's nice. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. We'll see how it syncs up on the final. Uh, right, gings up. Uh.